hundred percent. And I totally think it's the deep state trying to cover up what they have in Ukraine because it wouldn't it be a bitch if Putin sat there and started talking about metabiota and the uh, labs in Ukraine and Hunter Biden and all of this, wouldn't that be terrible? Awful. It would just be awful. Speaking of, we haven't even, we still haven't had that space about um, what, uh, what's her name? The, she did the interview with over Ukraine. Um, we need to have that space. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I, I, did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't finished it. There's like a bunch of new receipts, RE, you know, Biden Inc. And she, yeah. So she actually met us, her and George met us when we were on the uh, March for Trump bus tour. Um, And I got to sit down and interview both of them at the time. And it was really interesting. And I mean, the way they were treated is just absolutely horrible. Oh, I know. It's absolutely terrible. Um, And I, I, I just love the fact that she scored this interview and is getting some new receipts because there are new receipts in it. And I remember this was what, two weeks ago that she came out with this, I guess it was like the first week of January. So it was like a month ago. We still haven't had it. And she, she, she wanted to have the space to talk about it. I just haven't had time. Like we've been, there's been so much going on and so much recovering. And also like a lot of stuff that like Millie is putting back out there that kind of took, that kind of took priority for me. Um, and boy, oh boy, what a month it's been, Jen. Holy cow. We should get Rudy in that space, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet he'd have a lot to say about that. I bet Millie could just text him and have him come in. That would be awesome. But we should definitely do it because I want to talk about it. I don't know why Patrick has his hand up, but go ahead. I don't know why. Either. I wanted to Thanks, Trash, by the way, for helping us focus the other day. I do have a little update. Um, the hearing on Saturday, they had six bills on the docket. And because of people raising the questions that our audience raised in those emails, they got enough of them and enough people showed up to filibuster on those lines that they only got one of them passed. And it actually really sounded like they were going to go against, like not even pass that one. And then the hand of whatever um, came in and the black bolo ties walked up behind people and they ended up passing the one hb9 but now it goes to the full house so but it was just it was kind of cool so i just want to thank everybody who participated running out the clock on this is like the best way to kill it because i got 10 days left in the session excellent excellent yeah um that's good news that's good to hear so Russians are trolling again, and I'm here for it. This is hilarious. Uh, they, they're putting out all kinds of videos to like try to lure Americans to move over there. And like they oh have my like... God, I am so glad you're talking about this right now. <laughs> go, 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 ahead, go, go for it, go for it. <laughs> okay, so I'm literally flicking through TikTok the other night, and a video comes across my screen, and it has in huge flashing red letters, wanted by the FBI. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And this guy's talking about how great his life is in Russia. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So then a little while ago, I'm on TikTok scrolling. And all of a sudden, it's this guy doing a live, an American from Russia, telling me how wonderful his life is and how he doesn't have to deal with American politics anymore and all this. And I'm like, what in the propaganda hell is this? 
they are literally it's 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 wonderful um uh madam P punisher um elizabeth elizabeth p dove she uh she put this she's got this video here she's like do you guys anybody remember in 2022 when russia was asking americans if they wanted to immigrate to russia so I may or may not have been sent a bunch of videos and brochures that have been trying to entice me to move to Russia. Some observations. Number one, Russians are funny and the biggest trolls. Number two, Russia doesn't look like I expected it to. And number three, we fight for what we love. <laughs> That's so great. And like, <laughs> you got to see this video. I, I just love the propaganda so much where they're trying to get Americans to come over there. They're using like culture war stuff. They're talking about, you know, how we're, they're going to restore religion and how they're going to. You know, they, they don't put up with this, the social justice bullshit. It's so funny, Jen. It's so funny. No, literally the guy was like, oh, and I get a lot like, oh, isn't it cold in Russia? Well, it's not cold once you learn how to dress. Like people wear fur in Russia. Like what, what is this guy talking about? Like I am not moving to Russia. If I'm moving out of the country, it's going to be to a nice beach with a surf shop. Okay. And I'm going to open a surf shop. I'm not moving to Russia. No, sir. A dive shop, surf shop, exactly. Somewhere in in Central America where everyone's deserted their homes to come here. Yes, that is where. <laughs> it's funny, though. Like, I saw they've been putting a bunch of documentaries on YouTube about places like Vladivostok as well. Come, Vladivostok. It's such a modern city. It is so modern and great with new bridges and roads and construction um and it was it was pretty funny i'm like geez anybody realize like how close to the arctic circle that is that's like above anchorage yeah so but do you really think it's a it's the russians that are really pushing it or if it's is it some kind of other psyop like our own guys because i heard the cia was trying to recruit russians or it's like maybe uh, to counteract that or something. Forcing you to become a double agent. Right? So you move, so quote unquote, you're moving to Russia, but now they know that you're willing to defect from the United States. Well, and I haven't seen any deals like in Italy, at least. Again, rather open like a dive shop in Italy in some town where you can buy a dilapidated house for like 50 bucks. Um, go to russia <laughs> well we know that trash isn't moving to dubai no like listen it's fun you got it's like vegas right you have to go at least once and then once you've been it's just like nah i'm good dog and like i mean you know i had fun right it was it was okay but i don't know like every time i travel out of the country people are like wow that's gonna be so much fun i'm like yeah. It's actually, at this point, it's not. I like the USA. I like being an American. Um, I know how to operate in this country. Uh, everything that I need is five minutes away or an app away or a, a trip down the street. Like in Dubai and stuff like that, like it's not like that. And in other countries, it's just not like that. It's not, you know, we don't. Well, and it's stuff you don't even expect. Like when I went. Wait, like, they don't have shakes on delivery? I don't think, I so. think and you gotta trash. don't you need like a no he's there did we lose trash don't you need I like I, I don't think, think you can hear Patrick oh I'll drop down be back I got you all right 
I could drop down. But uh, the was was I remember? Uh, is it kind of like Salt Lake City used to be, where you need a like a a map and a manual to drink? Um, no. Um, you, so you can't buy alcohol. You can you can buy alcohol in the restaurants. It has to be off of floor level. So like most of the restaurants and bars, um, if, if if it's not in the hotel, uh, it's usually not on the first floor. It's so like the rule is you can't really buy alcohol anywhere, but you can go to like the bars and restaurants as long as it's up on the second floor or above, you can order it. Um, so it's it's just stuff like that. I remember when I went to. Um, uh, Bangalore for work a couple of times. And the first time I go and, and they put us in a Taj hotel and, you know, their motto is the answer to everything is yes. And I was like, you know, I got a pretty liberal per diem, but nobody told me how expensive alcohol was. So I order the first night I got like a margarita that was 3,600 rupees, which were 4,500 rupees, which works out to like $42. And, um, We'll just say I had a lot of expenses I couldn't get reimbursed. So there's a bit of like research, especially the first time you go to a country. But it is it's it's exciting, like you said, trash the first time or two. But except for places like Paris that I used to go like two or three times a year or London. But that's just like being in America, just with a different accent, kind of better food. But Well, that that is one thing about other countries is that I physically get sick when I come back eating our food. Cause our food is like poison here. Here, I'm going to, Jen, I'll cancel it, go out, Jen, and then come back in and I'll resend it to you. That's weird. Um, but yeah, like I, I get like physically ill after eating, like being in another country for a week. Like I was in Europe, I was in uh, Germany for like a week. And then I went to Poland. Poland was my favorite by far. They are so based there. It's such a nice place. And then I went to um, the UK. I was up in the north in Liverpool, Manchester. And then over to France. I was in central France. Uh, I was in Paris for like a couple of days, but I really was in central France where my clients were. And like when I came home, like I was physically getting ill eating the food that we have here. Like there's so much crap and poison in our food in the United States. It's out of control. And you realize you eat so well outside of the country. And I don't mean like a lot. I'm just meaning the quality of it. Not to mention it's delicious. But you don't realize how poisoned our food is here in the United States. It's kind of crazy. Did well, you hear the, the MMA fighter that came out who was talking about how he went to Italy, ate whatever the fuck he wanted, and lost weight. He was just doing his normal training and, and felt great. And he said he came home and ate healthier than he's ever eaten he felt like shit and he got fat and so he was just like it's something with their food and now they think it might be with the water the aqueducts that they have and stuff supposedly that's what the theory is is that our water treatment is actually what's doing this on top of the gmos and stuff yeah I and mean, it's highly possible but you can also go out like and look at like just i don't know go go, go google uh mac craft macaroni and cheese uh, look at the labels between the U.S. and, like, say, like the, the U.K. There's, like, three times as much additives and shit in the food than there is over there. Um, it's just poison, man. Like, I, I still I still feel like shit. Um, I thought it was, like, a jet lag hangover. I think it's the food. It's just, it's so bad here. How long were you gone? Like, two weeks? A week. 
Okay. Yeah. What's it called? I, I have friends that every time they go to Mexico, they end up getting sick down there from Montezuma's Revenge, but then they stay so long and they come back, they get sick again. So like, yeah, that's traveling and stuff with that and the microbiome of your stomach and all that stuff gets messed up so easily. Well, that's why you got to get the good pills. Like that was the thing with India. My, even though they weren't there covered by insurance, I just expensed, it's like 250 bucks to get the good um, just in case you get Montezuma's or um, Gandhi's Revenge, you know, you gotta. Um, but the, yeah, it's the, the water thing. Yeah, you know, it was wild. This was the craziest thing. I happen to go, and this is something I love about like Indian people. Such nice, like the, the whole karma thing. We could learn a lot about from them about like not coveting other people's stuff because, but they're just genuinely like happy all the time. But I happen to be. We set up our trip and me and uh, another executive from New York were flying in together for a week um, and then going to Paris after that for a week. And uh, and so we we scheduled the trip and it happens to fall on Diwali and nobody told us. And I couldn't believe it. Like entire teams canceled their trips home for Diwali to accommodate our visit. And I was like, really mad at them. It was like, we could have moved. We could have done this trip anytime, <laughs> anytime this quarter. But um you know, the craziest thing, and this will really, this is why every American should go to like a developing country. Um, I remember one day I'm, I'm staring out and they had this like elevated garden on the second or third floor of the hotel. And so I'm looking out at it and I see a woman on her knees, like with a pair of shears, like manually fixing where the lawnmower didn't get the grass the right height and just working her way up this, you know, I don't know. 500 square foot section of grass that's there on the roof with little pruning shears checking the grass height. It was the craziest thing you've ever seen. And she was just happy to do it. So, you know, like Americans who don't want to work really need to like be sent to somewhere like an India or somewhere in Africa just for like a week, not on a study abroad, but like where you have to actually be amongst and see for yourself, like how lucky we are. <laughs> so, that's the that's the one thing i think that everybody can get out of that kind of trip yeah so uh, that's what i tell people a lot aaron i'll come to you next but this is what i tell people I, I i need i need everyone especially americans that are bitching about something or bitching about their lives here i need you to just go out of the country for a week go somewhere and now i'm not talking about canada i'm not talking about mexico go overseas somewhere there's a lot of places that you can go where the conversion rate on us dollars is massive it goes very far you can get there relatively inexpensively and just go spend time in another foreign city for a week or two you really have a deeper appreciation for how good we have it in this country and why we should protect it to begin with it's it's interesting i'll I'll, I'll give you an example so in dubai um there's a lot of india indian immigrants and filipino immigrants and they all come to Dubai. I was talking to one of the guys and they have, they have all these state run cabs. And basically the state run cabs are designed to have tourists in mind. So every hotel, every restaurant, every place of shopping, wherever, there's a line of cabs. There's so many cabs and you can always have one and the second you need one. And I was in, I was in the cab. I was leaving the Dubai mall. I was going back to the hotel where I was staying. And I was just chit-chatting with the guy driving. And he said, yeah. He said, you know, I've been, I've been in Dubai now two years. I finally got my first day off. And I said, wait, what? He said, yeah. He moved his family from India to Dubai. 
and became a, a, a taxi cab driver. And so for the first 18 months, you work seven days a week, you run 10, 12 hour shifts, and then it takes two or three hours at the end of your shift to check in all the money and check in for the day. So they're working 14, 15 hour days, seven days a week without a day off for 18 months, the first 18 months that they get the job. And then they can start getting days off. They start getting promoted or whatever, but you have to do that for the first 18 months. And he was so happy about it. He said, I, you know, I know, I know it sounds like a lot to you, but to me, you know, my, I'm finally able to provide a good living for my family for the first time because in India, it was far worse for him and opportunities. That's why they moved. And he said, so I don't get to see my family a lot. I only get to see the kids maybe one hour of the day if they're awake, but it's worth it because we actually have a higher quality of life here now. And you, I want you to think about that perspective for a second. They're grateful that they get to work 18 months straight, seven days a week, 12, 14 hour days, because they're able to provide their family a little bit better um, style of living than they were in like, say India or Philippines. And then, so when you see, when you hear those things, and I heard that it's, it's really a stark reminder of how good we have it here in the, in the U S and how it's obvious that that is the reason that we are the beacon of hope for the world, that we have set the tone for um, our Republic as a democracy around the world. And a lot of people have modeled their constitutions after ours, but it's still not as powerful as ours. And yet we got a bunch of blue haired goofballs over in this country, completely just whining about everything, wanting everything handed to them. Don't do anything. Don't appreciate anything. Constantly tuck down people, including the constitution, calling our founding fathers, these racist phobes or whatever the hell. And because they've never set foot out of this country to realize what it could be like and what it really is like in the rest of the world versus what, how good we have it here. And so I highly recommend everybody that has not taken a trip overseas to do it just once, spend a week over there, talk to some people that live there. And I think you'll have a greater appreciation for this country moving forward. So yeah, Aaron, go ahead. Hey, Trash, I only got half uh, as what I assume was half of what you said about the food. And I would really love to talk about this because I have been shouting this from the rooftops for some time now about how as bloated as the European, the, the EU is as a bureaucracy, as bloated and as arduous and terrible they are. The one thing, the only thing that I can think of is that what they got right is food. That is the one thing they got right in making sure that the chemicals that they put into the food, you know, it's, I mean, I would, I would prefer no chemicals, but this is how, but this is how things work nowadays. But long story short is what they did is the amount of chemicals that we put in is, is nothing, sorry, the amount of chemicals that they put in is nothing in comparison to what we put in. So they have outlawed so many chemicals, so many things that they live healthier lives. And the one thing that really strikes me is the bread that in Europe, you have bread, you eat it, you don't get bloated and so on and so forth. Here you eat bread, it's terrible. And it, in part, it's because of the glyphosate. So what I looked up is the European flour, French and Italian flour. I looked it up on Amazon to buy because, uh, you know, I wanted to live a more healthy life. So I looked it up and guess what? I looked through the entire comment, the comment section, whatever, the review section. I looked it through. The entire review section is basically saying that now that they've tasted European flour, it's impossible for them to go back to American flour. It's, they, it's, they're stuck. They can't go back. 
And the only bad reviews were basically, oh, the, the flower was bad, but nothing there was saying that the flower doesn't work. It was basically it arrived late or the packaging was damaged, so on and so forth. So basically this thing, the European flower works and you can all, all of you guys, you can buy European flower. It's a healthier choice. They have less, they don't have the chemicals that make you feel bloated. And I've also talked with a lot of Europeans. They told, they confirmed this to me that European flower is superior to American flower flower by any threat by all metrics so this is one of the things that actually bothers me when europeans say oh americans are so fat i'm like yes we're kind of lazy we do need to do more exercise so on and so forth but it's not completely our fault when you have big corporations who are allowed to put in all kinds of chemicals and these chemicals destroy the balance of our diet and destroy the balance of our hormones and all the other things that help us digest so it's in part our own fault but also it's in part because we digest so many chemicals. You know, I was so offended and kind of like disturbed when I learned that the like Kellogg's and like the precursor to Young Brands and stuff had been the ones who created the food pyramid back when I like, remember the food pyramid? Patrick, what do you mean? Out. Eight to 15 servings of wheat every day. I know Kellogg's was part of it. I know, I know. It sounds so ridiculous now. But at the time, just that's a great example of how much we used to trust our government. And, you know, they've thrown that. You think about how much effort went into producing that level of trust and all these people who are destroying it for an ideology that most of them don't even understand or wouldn't like if it came into truly true existence. Don't they realize, like, how difficult it's going to be to read gain that trust and i know the answer is they don't care but i think they probably would if they actually understood no man these are short-sighted people who just want to make as much money as possible the thing aaron's saying about monsanto figuring out that oh well some of our crops uh get wet and stay too wet and we have mold on like the bottom layer or whatever oh let's spray it with glyphosate and that crisps the wheat not thinking about how you're literally pretty much putting Roundup on stuff right before you're about to have it for human consumption. When the whole point is you put Roundup on it in the beginning, let Mother Nature break that down, and then you're done with it. And that has been how it's been forever. But I think it's been the last 10, 15 years that now part of the curing process of the wheat is to spray glass it at the end. And it's literally just so that they don't have to throw out a little bit of it. But just to save that little bit of wheat, everyone's now getting sick and gluten allergies. There's a lot of people who even believe that gluten's not it, that it's all glyphosate, which is pretty interesting. Well, and then, you know, to really, what will really piss you off is, um, when I was on the board of West Side Campaign Against Hunger up in New York City, we used to get Eli's bread donated, stuff that was going bad. And so the people, the food pantry people were getting bread or that, better bread than I could possibly afford. By the I need way, to open Patrick, a glass of wine right now. Patrick, it's even more offensive than what it used to be. What it used to be is the the food pyramid. Now they've become more offensive by saying by suggesting that cereal is healthier than meat. And the, it, it gets, I don't remember exactly how it works, but I, I don't remember the exact, what their metrics are, but they, uh, they have decided that cereal and sugary foods are more healthier than, than meat and vegetables. And 
it's so freaking offensive that I mean, who is who buys this kinds of stuff? Who buys the these health organizations and what they have to sell us? It's so stupid. Are you really gonna you're really gonna tell me that meat, although processed meat, that is the one that actually is very unhealthy. But you're gonna tell me that steak, red meat, is less healthier than than cereal, sugary foods. I mean, are you out of your mind? Who's going to buy this? Nobody. I mean, there are a lot of people who do buy it, but nobody in their right mind would buy this. Is it really that, or do people just not want to think about it? I, well, I look at like the hey, Katie's kind of an expert on this. Katie, jump in here. Hey guys, uh, happy what day is today? Sunday, Patriots. Good to see you. Um, so the metrics they use is money to figure out how to create this food pyramid. Um, if you look back, Joe Biden had a meeting, which is essentially like the mega minds of the food pyramid. And it was the first time that this has been held, I want to say in about 50 years, where they were going to revamp it. And it's literally like sponsored by Kellogg's. Um, I did some work on that, putting a piece together like way back when I first started Twitter over a year ago that I can probably dig up for you guys. But I, I mean, really, it just boils down to who's got the most money in the same way that lobbyists work for everything else. These major corporations just go in and say that's what it is. And you want to know who subscribes to it is the schools that all of our children go to. And so it's really very concerning. I remember uh bringing my daughter to kindergarten she was going to a public school and i said is it okay if i you know send her with breakfast because they need to ensure that this poor public school all the children are eating breakfast which is a great thing and she goes well it's got to meet a certain nutrition standard to which we went to the cafeteria to show the kindergartens how breakfast and lunch work and they literally serve them a cinnamon roll that's in a plastic wrapper that was sitting underneath a heat lamp and so it's just really wild when you look into what is happening and how our kids are being fed. Uh, I'm convinced now that I stopped making uh, lunch for my oldest daughter that goes to school, that she's anemic and she tells me she eats a hamburger every day. And I'm like, I am almost certain that this is a soy hamburger because if it was any meat, she would not be struggling with being anemic, even though we eat exceptionally well at home. So she's no longer eating school lunch um, just out of the for her own convenience of not wanting to carry a lunchbox. We switched back to grass fed, grass finished ground beef that she goes to school with mixed with like some beans and rice. Right. So just wanted to chime in there. Thanks, Jen. Aren't those lunches all like free now, too? I mean, they're trying to like they're literally like trying to poison all of our kids. Yeah, taking away responsibility. For right. Them. Especially, especially here, our parish um, specifically qualified for the free lunch programs where now in, in all public schools or charter schools, um, it's it's free. And then, I mean, you even look at kids that have like lactose intolerancy. If you are in the lunch line, like you literally have to take a container of milk, even if you know you're going to throw it away. And it's because the money is already allocated for them to purchase X amount of, you know, big dairy uh, to come into the school. So they don't care that it's being thrown away um, or that it, a kid doesn't want it. That's what they say. You have to take it in order to check out for lunch 
I don't care if you're going to throw it away. And so, I mean, that's, that's so wasteful. And so when we look at the problems of overconsumption of garbage, I mean, it's literally at ground zero and extremely difficult to combat. By the way, if any of you guys catch the Tucker Carlson interview when he, he discussed about Ozempic, I think it was the, his latest stuff. And the one of the most striking things about that was that the NAACP gets a lot of money from Ozempic and they are a registered lobbyist for Ozempic. So that is one interesting thing. But what I knew for a long time now is that they get a lot of money from the sugar industry, which is why a lot of Georgian, pub, Georgian as in the state, not as in the country, a lot of Georgian public schools are, they used to or they still do have, when they when they give out the lunch, Coca-Cola and Pepsi and all, I think it's just Coca-Cola, that, they, that the NAACP say that it's racist if... If the the people who want to take out the Coca Cola out of the public schools, it's racist because it affects black children disproportionately. You know, the everybody knows here the shtick how this goes. But the but they get a lot of money from the from Coca Cola. So in order that which we know that Coca Cola that it makes fat people. I mean, the sugar sugar is the main cause behind fatness. So. There's a lot of money behind these kinds of organizations, a lot of money behind the so-called civil rights organizations and so on and so forth that the sugar industry has bought out, which I'm glad actually Katie pointed out that the metrics they use is just basically just money from big organizations such as Ozempic, Sugar Industries and so on and so forth. I was very curious to see how fast Ozempic blew up. I mean, that's really concerning to see the amount of people that go, oh, I'm on Ozempic. That in the gummy culture, I don't know if anybody saw the thread on uh, what I did for Blue Chew, um, which is essentially just, it, it. all it is is chewable Viagra, but the fact that it's a, it's a gummy uh, plays into the gummy culture for people and they don't think about it because if they really knew that they were just taking Viagra. I don't think so many young people would be posting about it as if it's some kind of like, you know, party drug. This is not like a weed gummy. It's it's just literally for people, for men that have erectile dysfunction that cannot swallow pills, they made a gummy for it. But because of how it's being marketed, it's playing right into this fucking gummy culture. So yeah, wild times. Oh, I wanted to say the thing about what's called before we probably get off the food thing. Has anyone looked into the what's it called, uh what's the Heart Foundation, right? That's on all the like Kellogg stuff, the does anybody remember? And the thing is they influence all of the stuff that makes it so that the wheat is really bad for your heart. So pretty much when you're eating that stuff, it's literally the opposite. It's like this will clog your heart. I love you know, I, I wanted to the, say one more thing. The heart, the heart association. My God, you look at that. That's a total disaster too. They recommend deli meat, uh, which is terrible for you. The wheat, which is terrible for you. I mean, <laughs> it's getting a little bit difficult to not be so blackpilled about like what is the point? They're just poisoning us all over the place. But you guys bring it back for me, please. That's what I was gonna try. So, this may be a great opportunity for us to discuss critical thinking theory. Um, it's a, it seems to have been lost, but I know high down there was talking about doing a trust your gut article. And I really think that it's, you know, like the, 
we somehow we've got to reinvigorate common sense because I know people must sit back and be like, wow, this can't be good for me, but I'm going to go ahead and order two plain cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke, you know? It just doesn't, I mean, and I know, like, it's just can't work that way. When you have, like, that lettuce, like the spring mix that can survive in your fridge for two and a half weeks, like, there's something wrong with, and and they keep changing the definition of organic. I bet, KT, like, that drives me crazy, too. So you're going to make me pay more for something. And then it's like a made in America. It just keeps going, like, the other direction. So I don't know if that unblackpilled you or not, because I just, I was trying. No, I think I think the white pill here is that it's becoming extremely obvious to so many people that the FDA and all these government things have dropped the ball and that our food is trash. And I and now it's becoming expensive. Now, what's it called? Eating at McDonald's isn't cheap anymore. Eating at these places like me and my wife went to Panera Bread after church today and it was like thirty six dollars. And it's like. You know, I, I think we're going to have a pushback the other way, and I think people just need to start growing their own food and making your food local and sourced and all that. And I think that's happening more and more. And, you know, I think the FDA, hopefully with Trump getting in, people will now start understanding that it's our responsibility with all the things that are going on, and we can't trust the government or these agencies to look out for ourselves, and we actually have to take time to look into our food and understand our food because what's so crazy is like the Monsanto stuff, people were pretty loud about it and all that kind of stuff. But people were like, well, the FDA would be okay. And now finally the FDA I think has been exposed for what it is. And now people will literally trust when these scientists and people come out and say it's horrible instead of just being like, well, this guy says horrible, but the FDA says it's fine. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, uh, you know, obviously we have a crisis of, of expert expert class and credentialism in this country. And it, <clears throat> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift topics, I think, guys. I, we were way too far down the line on food. I was just <clears throat> merely remarking on how I kind of felt like shit by eating food overseas versus over here. But uh, good conversation. Uh, Katie, I'll let you get the last word in on this, on this topic, but I'm going to shift gears. I'm trying to bring Becca in here, my friend Becca. She's BX on X. She has been investigating these, this crazy group called the 764, which is like an, uh, an offshoot of the 09A. And there's some really, really dark, dark, crazy things going on with these groups and how they're essentially grooming potential mass shooters, how it's like this satanic pedophile cult. Like, I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to go there. I've been trying to have this space since she, she, she finished the investigation last week. But I've been, obviously, I've been, out of, I've been out of town. I just messaged her to come in. So hopefully I'll get her in here. Because this story, guys, is absolutely nuts. And uh, so I'll set the tone here. But you guys remember the video that's been going around the Internet where this guy's sitting in his bed and the, the, the mother's husband or boyfriend or whatever is like pulling a gun on this guy. And he actually shot him. That whole video. Well, there's an insane backstory to it. And I'm surprised he didn't kill him. And uh, we're going to talk about it because it's nuts so katie go ahead i know you want to get in on that food topic and then i'm gonna shift gears to this because it's thank you and yeah so glad to so glad to have you back something was definitely missing while you were gone so um i also i sent you a dm if you could please just get to that when you can i'm excited for this next juicy topic the last thing i wanted to say is a recommended read or audiobook would be fear of false alarm and that brings you through the history of like the fda and some pandemics and some food crises um it, it was it was really really 
really great and uh, a pretty quick read in my opinion. So I just wanted to recommend that uh, for the audience. So thanks for having me up. I appreciate you guys. Katie, just, just before we continue. Just yeah, one. absolutely. Jen, can you hear me? Okay. Cause like I lost connection twice. I'm sure somebody can't hear me. Yeah, I can hear you, Chesh. Katie. Yeah, just... I can't hear Jen. All right. Let me, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll exit out and come back in. That way I can fix it. Give me one second. Katie. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I would like, um, since I have you on here and as the other person said that you're an expert in these kinds of things, I would like to ask you if you would be interested in being interviewed on my podcast because I would like to discuss this with you uh, at a later date. Would you be interested? Uh, just send me a DM and we can talk about it. I think expert was maybe haphazardly thrown around because okay. I researched just a lot of things. But um, yeah, always open for collaboration. So just send me a DM. Thanks, guys. All right. No problem. I don't know if Trash is back yet, Vinny. Yeah, he's. I saw his the clock is ticking on and off for a second. Yeah, we might might be over, guys. Uh, but hopefully, uh, he gets back. Was, I was gonna say to Katie, and now I forgot what it was. What it was. Yeah, no, I'm back. I was just talking with Becca. Um, because there's some things that are going on that are not public yet, so I'm trying to make sure that I've got everything correct that I can only talk about publicly. Uh, there is a journalist by the name of Ken Silva who has actually also been covering this and he kind of added a supplementary investigation to this. So I'm going to pull up his, uh, article so we can kind of talk about this because it's so crazy. Um, so he was one of the ones, not just Becca that were, um, investigating this seven, six, the satanic cult, the seven, six, four, and about this Kyle Spitzy and the bizarre death of his mother. So I'm going to put this up in the nest and you guys can take a look at it. But so Ken Silva has been talking about it. Obviously BX on X Becca has been talking about this. She put out a 22 minute little mini documentary on her investigation into these people uh, and the accelerationists and how it's so <laughs> this is such a crazy story. Jen, did you ever get a chance to watch that video yet by chance? I did. Holy cow, right? <laughs> no, it, it's absolutely crazy, Trash. Like, I just... Ugh. How they're allowed to operate is insane. I know. And people are probably wondering. Uh, I will... What I'll do is I'll go find her um, video, and I'll just retweet it so you guys can find it on my profile. It's, uh, it's, it's entitled, What Happened to Jade Parker? And Jade Parker... So Jade Parker was an um, Army intelligence person. And she was investigating, she was basically, she was like a counterterrorism expert. And she was investigating this group called the O9A. And the O9A and the 764, the 764 is kind of like an offshoot of them. And it is basically, I don't know that they're actually really satanic. I think that they basically use, they essentially use any hot, hot button tick, like, um, like hot button item to bring people in. So if you are interested in being, you know, in, in neo-Nazism, that they'll have that. Or if you're interested in satanic stuff, they'll, it'll have that. Or if you're interested in, um, you know, no, no child videos that that'll have that. And so it's like, it, they basically try to pull all these people and the, and these are, these people behind it are, are known as accelerationists. We're not talking about like the EAC people on Twitter. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real accelerationists. These people that would have this, have, have the country burned to the ground and just accelerate it because they believe that this country is going to fall 
and they'd rather just see it all fall and then rebuild from there. These people are insane, but they're like grooming people. Like you've heard the stories about like these mass shooters, how they were like groomed on Discord or they were groomed on 4chan or whatever. It's actually coming out of the incel community where a lot of this stuff is coming from. And these accelerationists are basically grooming these people out of the, like the incel forums. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the video yet, it's about 22 minutes. It is insane. Uh, I'm gonna, she, uh, BX might not come in. She's had some credible death threats on her. Um, so I don't know if she'll come in or not, but this is, this is a crazy, crazy story. And this video, I don't know if you guys saw this video that went around the, the man that was shot by the mom's boyfriend, right? Well, it gets worse. So this is the recording from Ken, the reporting from Ken Silva kind of going off the back of what, uh, BX had put out. You guys saw that video where the, the mom's boyfriend or whatever shot that kid. Well, that story just got worse. So I'm actually just going to read part of the story here. So this is um, from Headline USA. This is from Ken Silva. Man shot by mom's boyfriend in viral video was in a satanic cult, and now the mom is dead. So the mom now is dead after this. This is so crazy. Um, <clears throat> about two weeks ago, a video went viral of a Tennessee man shooting his girlfriend's, girlfriend's son at Point Blank Range. The son, Kyle Spitzy, survived while the boyfriend committed suicide after a standoff with police. That bizarre, that bizarre story, which occurred in August but only went viral recently, just took a deeply disturbing twist. On Sunday, Spitzy's mother, uh, Melanie Spitzy, was found dead in a hotel room. Uh, uh, and BX actually reported that originally. Becca did. Uh, Headline USA reviewed the graphic video describing BX's tweet, and it is indeed showing a woman prone on the floor, hair covering her face with blood-soaked sheets on the bed nearby. And this is this is so crazy. Kyle's saying this. He said, I just woke up and there's blood everywhere. My mom won't breathe, and I'm effing scared. Mom, mom, please wake up. Kyle can be heard saying in the video, which Headline USA isn't sharing out of respect for Melanie. This is so traumatizing. Later, Kyle can be heard giving his social security number to a law enforcement officer, that social security number matches the number for Kyle on a doxing website, which indicates that it's really him in the video. The arm seen in the video also has the same bracelet Kyle wears in public. But now Kyle's biological father has confirmed the online rumors that his son was in a satanic cult called the 764, which is an offshoot of the Order of Nine Angels, or O9A, a neo-Nazi accelerationist group involved in multiple terrorist plots. And according to the Justice Department and others, O9A has a terroristic goal in mind to corrupt the youth, which will accelerate the collapse of Western society, right? These are the accelerationists. The 764 cult represents a radical shift in the group to specifically target children and use child pornography and videos depicting animal cruelty, self-harm, and other acts of violence to accelerate chaos in society, the DOJ said in recent court filings. Spitzy's father, Michael Spitzy, told Headline USA that his son spiraled into satanic cults about six years ago when he and the now deceased Melanie were getting separated. Spitzy said his son, who was at 18 at the time, was groomed by a woman named Tara, who was nearly 20 years his senior. He was just turning 18, and that woman convinced him to move to Washington State. She groomed him and taught him how to do all that stuff online, the father said. Mr. Spitzy stated emphatically that his, he believes his son's Kyle's involvement in satanic cults is entirely unrelated to his mother's death. My wife's death had nothing to do with Kyle's indiscretions over the past however many years in the 764 club shit. Michael told the publication that he believes Kyle's mother died of a heroin overdose. He dispelled nasty rumors on message boards that his Colson's son was somehow responsible or otherwise involved in the tragedy. But from Kyle's video footage, there aren't any visible marks on, on Melanie's body, and what appears to be a Narcan inhaler used to reverse opioid overdoses 
can be seen near her left hand. As for the bloody sheets, the father said Melanie had serious liver cirrhosis and she vomited blood. Yeah, yeah, it's not true though. Um, I, there's actually additional footage out there. So we're gonna keep going. I'm, I'm gonna keep going through it because this story is just insane. And so while the Knoxville Police Department said Friday that the death is, an, is still an open investigation pending the outcome of the autopsy and an examination being conducted by the Knox County Regional Forensic Center, Kyle's father stated that the autopsy report shows that the death was an overdose. Though he declined to provide any documentation, Michael said it's only a matter of time before law enforcement makes an announcement. Quote, they're still going over the autopsy report. The only thing I, t I was told by the detective was that they didn't find any visible marks on her body. He said, the autopsy has already been conducted. Her body's been transferred to the funeral home and she's being prepared. Michael did refer to his wife as being murdered. Kyle has some issues and he posts things he stupidly should not when he's in drug-induced stupors. But no, Kyle does not have anything to do with his mother's murder. If he did, he'd be in jail by now, said the dad, who purported to be a government contractor with a secret security clearance. That's, this is the kid's dad, by the way. Has a, he's a government contractor with a top-level secret security clearance. Melanie was also an administrative assistant for Lockheed Martin until 2016. Later, when Headline USA called Michael to ask a follow-up question about why he used the term murder, Michael became agitated and hung up the phone. In a follow-up text message, he explained, you, quote, you completely misunderstand me. People online were saying that he murdered his mom. I said, no, he didn't. The father also vigorously denied the allegations about Kyle's 764-related activities. Yes, Kyle's been involved with these idiots online for numbers of years. Never has Kyle actually done anything for these idiots. I don't know why he aspired to be like them. Maybe because he thinks hacking is the coolest thing in the world. But no, my son is not a pedophile. He just may be associated with some fucked up people, but he's definitely not involved in those activities. When presented with evidence that a girl allegedly cut herself and painted, I'm so sorry, Kyle, along with 764 and an occult iconography in blood on a wall, Michael denied that his son had anything to do with it. You guys got to take a look at this picture. It's absolutely nuts. It's got some occult stuff on there. It's got the Star of David, 764, a swastika. Um, I'm so sorry, Kyle. Criminal owns uh, LIV. It's in blood, upside down cross. It's so crazy. Quote, no proof. I don't see him in any pictures, Michael said in one text before the following up with, he's been in the hospital for three days with no access to electronics, phones, etc. Yet somehow someone posted impersonating him yesterday. He's being blackmailed and blamed for things that he didn't do and hasn't done. Later, Michael texts again. So he may not be totally innocent, but someone is deliberately trying to do this and they, are, they pretend they are him. Michael reiterated, Kyle did not have a hand in the death of my wife. That has been legally proven or the police would have had him in custody by now, which I still think they're going to. <clears throat> so let me, let me pause there for a second. Um, I, now that you guys are kind of being able to take a look at this, I think, I think Becca is going to come in, come in and talk about this. But isn't this nuts, Jen? Or, or Vinny or anybody? No, it's completely insane. But when, what's the timeline on this trash? Like, when did this happen? So the 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 video um, of him being shot by the wife's boyfriend, who's now dead, that occurred in August. But that video has just now been going viral as of recently. But this, the follow up of Kyle's mom being found dead, in my opinion, murdered, uh, was. I think it was within the last couple weeks. Like, I think it's still going on. I'm pretty sure. So this just happened recently. I've seen a lot of the photos. There are more that are just included in here. I just, I have a real tough time believing that she wasn't murdered by the, by these videos. I mean, like, okay, I guess she had cirrhosis and she was puking blood, I suppose. But there's a lot of blood on that bed. And she was found dead. And there's video of him, like, 
uh, rubbing on her chest and t- saying that she died. It's it's the whole thing is is crazy. Let me actually open this up in a separate browser so I don't have to keep coming back to it. Cause no, that's just bizarre. It's the whole thing is, and he so- just sounds like he's a government contractor. It just sounds like very what was that thing like in the seventies called like the Finders or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but this, and that's the thing. So when, so when BX was doing the investigation on where is Jade Parker, and it was in relation to the January six pipe bomb. This, this, this Jade Parker person, who's a counterterrorism expert who worked in Army intelligence, was investigating these accelerationist groups, and she was trying to like sound the alarm on this. They're saying, "Hey, uh, a lot of these like mass shootings and stuff, it's 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 originating." out of these 09A, the Order of Nine Angels and um, 764 factions, it's coming out of like the incel communities online. And they're like grooming, these accelerationists are grooming these people. And so like the fact that Kyle, this Kyle guy is involved with 764, his dad's trying to play off like it's no big deal. I'm telling you it's a big deal. I I don't know how else to describe like how bad this is. And, And it's, this Jade Parker's missing. She was investigating it. She was sounding the alarm on it. She showed up on a podcast uh, and was talking about it. And she's been basically telling, she thought she still believed in her colleagues within the government and DHS. And she was saying, hey, we really need to look at these accelerationists. Like, this is a serious problem. There are people being groomed and they're committing, they're committing mass crimes or mass shootings. And that, so when she was investigating it, that basically it fell on deaf ears. And she believed that everyone just thought she was crazy. Yet now we're kind of seeing, and this is just another case specifically of this, this link to these groups. It's a really crazy story. Yeah, but see, the problem is, is literally every time there's a mass shooting, every time there's like a crazy event done by a person that happens in the news, literally within hours, it always comes out, oh, well, he was known to the FBI. Yeah. He was known to the FBI. Yeah. Well, you remember the uh, the guy who ran over a bunch of immigrants down in uh, Texas that was supposedly a neo-Nazi, but he was uh, Hispanic. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it just makes me wonder if he was actually in these forums with these 09A 764 people. <laughs> I, I can't I can't describe how nuts this is. So let me let me get back to the story here. Um where I left off, because where I left off is they're going to kind of go a little bit deeper into what the what these things are. So uh, interrelated uh, 764 and 09A cults have a bloody abusive history. The 764 cult became widely known last September when the FBI issued a bulletin warning to parents that the group is deliberately targeting minor victims on publicly available messaging platforms to extort them into recording or live streaming acts of self-harm and producing child sexual abuse material. The FBI reportedly discovered 764 while investigating social media posts from Angel Alameda, a 23-year-old arrested in November 2021 on gun charges. According to recently unsealed records from that case, an anonymous tip led the FBI to the satanic cult. The tipster allegedly wrote to the FBI in October 2021 that Alameda sent child pornography to a minor. Quote, he consistently posts animal abuse material and has even posted images of himself having abused an animal by chopping it in half. He's extremely dangerous. He openly admits that he wants to do harm to children post his drug use online, and even post child abuse material, the tipster told the FBI. After receiving that information, the FBI, which claims to not know the identity of the anonymous tipster, began looking at Alameda's publicly available social media. 
And according to search warrants, agents found photos of him posing with a black O9A flag in the background. Quote, members and associates of O9A, which is the, the order of nine angels, have espoused violent neo-Nazi, anti-Semitic, satanic beliefs, and have expressed admiration for figures such as Adolf Hitler and Osama bin Laden. FBI's Sean Johnson said in a search warrant application, quote, members and associates of O9A have also participated in acts of violence, including murders. Other pictures on Alameda's uh, social media accounts included one of a bloody cat that he apparently stabbed with a knife, as well as one of an individual standing in front of a neo-Nazi flag with a shirt reading Kitty Fiddler. Holy God. And in front of a sign that reads, I'm addicted to hardcore child pornography. So, so nuts. The FBI is investigating 764 and 09A cult activities. Additionally, the search warrant applications disclose that an undercover FBI employee gathered evidence on Alameda. More recently, the Justice Department filed charges in December against another 764 member, Kalana Limkin, for allegedly promoting child pornography, sexual extortion, and trafficking animal cruelty and self-harm of minors. The details of Limkin's alleged activities are as horrendous, if not more so, than those in the Almeida case. According to DOJ, Limkin would find minors online, extort them into posting nude photos or violent actions, or sometimes both. With one victim, Limkin allegedly shared his screen and showed her child pornography of a five-year-old girl being raped. An FBI affidavit said that the Bureau launched an investigation into Lincoln last May and then interviewed one of the victims a month later. It took another six months for the FBI to finally arrest him in Hawaii. Agents did so in December, and he allegedly admitted to possessing child porn and being involved in 764 and the 09A. Only a portion of the FBI affidavit, which was signed by an agent of the Army's Criminal Investigation Division, assigned to the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, has been released. The FBI said it wants the remainder to be sealed due to an ongoing investigation. Wait, Trash, yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Isn't Alameda the same name as like the FTX story? Oh yeah. No, it's not they're not related, but yeah, that that was uh that was part of the fun in the FTX story. Oh, oh BX, you're here. Hey, sorry, I've been reading. Hello. So yeah, we're talking about it. we're talking about the 098 and 764. I'm going over Ken Silva's reporting, the um the supplementary reporting on on your story. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you. You want to finish up? Okay, I'll finish up the article, yeah. and then I, I want I want you to kind of, if you could, maybe explain. So I I've, I've shared your video with a lot of people. A lot of people watched it. Somebody called me last night because they had a nightmare after they watched it. Um, they literally did. Yeah, well, I yeah. feel that. Yep. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'll finish up Ken's uh, reporting here, at yeah. BX, and then I'll uh, I'll kick it to you to kind of maybe tell us a little bit more about Jade Parker and and these accelerationists and kind of what you've been investigating. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks for joining us, by the way. So basically, you can go through this. Uh, you can see BX's uh, uh, the reporting here on what happened to Jade Parker. It's in the article, but let me let me finish this up so I can lead right into her. It's gonna be perfect timing. So. As Headline USA has reported, O9A has some intriguing connections to the U.S. security agencies. Its founder was purportedly a member of the CIA-sponsored militia in the United Kingdom during the Cold War, and its U.S. leader, Josh Sutter, is a longtime FBI informant. The O9A has fomented several neo-Nazi terrorist plots, and an O9A-linked neo-Nazi participated in the 2017 Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure Becca will talk about that as well. There are even suggestions that O9A may have been involved in the January 6, 2021 Capitol Hill uprising. Jade Parker, a security clearance holding counterterrorism analyst who has done some of the groundbreaking work on O9A, claimed in 2022 to identify the January 6 pipe bomber only to disappear from the Internet soon thereafter. 
Parker suggested that 09A accelerationists exploited the January 6th cloud on her crowd on her 20, July 2021 appearance on the popular national security podcast, The Team House, which I was talking about earlier, guys, though she didn't provide specifics. So um, this actually goes right into you, BX, because that's basically where he's leading the story is to what you were reporting on. And they're saying that basically they've learned that you, uh, the source who initially reported Melanie's death and Kyle's connections to 764 is being threatened by 764 members. Yes, which is crazy. Uh, and you had reviewed some of the death and, and rape threats and they when, when Ken spoke to you about that. So, yeah, um, that's kind of like a primer into what this conversation, what your investigation is kind of about. Do you want to kind of like maybe give some folks the overview? And again, you guys uh, up in the nest, I put Ken Silver's reporting. You can also get to BX's video there. I retweeted it. It's on my profile. You can go get it there. Um, and so I would highly recommend going to watch it. It's about 22 minutes and it's worth your time. But go ahead, BX. Yeah, first of all, I agree. I mean, like it is my video, obviously. But um, I think everybody, whether you're interested in like, you know, the 764 angle or not, it's only kind of a small portion of the story. Um, it also has to do with, you know, the, the Capitol Hill pipe bomb. Uh, incident. So definitely worth watching. I also put my my original tweet about Melanie Spitz's death in the comments for the space. You can, if you want to look at that, and you can refresh your memory about this viral video that was going around a couple weeks ago, where you know this kid was shot by his uh, his stepdad or mother's boyfriend. Um, there wasn't a lot of context given, and you know bizarrely, like even Law and Crime interviewed this kid, and we're like, oh, we're so happy, you're okay. I just treating him like a victim, which was. Um, how I kind of came to find out about this because the victims were be being very loud about it. They were very upset that people hadn't been listening to them about this guy. And now they're treating him like some viral superstar. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a weird couple of days. Um, it's been scary. Uh, there's not a lot. There's a lot I can't say right now. Obviously, I have to be kind of careful um, about what I say. But, the, you know, um, I am safe. Uh, I feel safe, feel safe-ish, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, this is not how I envisioned my, spending my weekend, for sure, by a long shot. Um, and sorry if I sound tired, because I, I just really am. But basically, you know, after that viral video, um, I saw, because I've been monitoring this kind of 764 situation for a while, uh, kind of have my ear to the ground, and I know you know, we kind of just track social media mentions of it, right? Um, but I hadn't actually seen it operating in plain sight before because we hadn't dug that far into it. It wasn't until now that I got to see really the scope of what it was. Um, and the whole reason was because the victims of this guy, Kyle Spitz, who got shot in the ear in that video, um, were being very noisy, very, very noisy. And um, I reached out to them as an advocate to see if I could help them connect with law enforcement. Um, you know, it just pains me to see victims screaming into the void on social media. Um, in my experience, a lot of times they really just don't know how to present their stories to the police. They don't know who to call. They don't know what to do. So they're just stuck on social media yelling into the void. And I hate to see that. So um, connected with a couple of them. And, you know, they all told me they'd been in contact with the police and already, you know, had given their evidence. So not much for me to do. Um, but then two weeks later, fast forward to, you know, a few days ago, 
somebody sent me um, a victim or a friend of a victim, um, a confidential source, had sent me all of these videos that Kyle had posted in his Telegram group um, that really looked like he murdered his mom. I mean, it really looked like, like you can't see the act of it, but um, the aftermath of it is very apparent. And when you know what this guy does and who he is, it's like, it's quite suspicious, <laughs> right? So the stuff that I was getting sent, in my opinion, could have been evidence that police needed to see for a murder investigation. So um, I sent all of that over to you know the authorities. Um, and yeah, things just kind of escalated from there. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, different paths to take on this discussion. So it's kind of hard trash for me to like, it might be better if you kind of just give me yeah. questions and let me like answer them, you know? Yeah, no, that's great. And and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're safe. And obviously, you know, um, there's obviously a lot more that you can't talk about here, but uh, I'm with you. And, I, and I, this story needed to be told. I've been out of town for a week. Uh, we were going to do a space on it after you released that little mini documentary, about 22 minutes. Um, I shared it around some friends. And so let me do this. Let me kind of unpack maybe your 22 minute uh, video, the investigation. Uh, in regards to Jade Parker, who she was, um, we could maybe touch on the January 6th pipe bomber deal because that's essentially where she disappeared. But, but more so on the investigation side of the accelerationists, what the the 09A, and then the offshoot of 764 <laughs> is. Maybe we can kind of go that route. Yeah, sure. <coughs> Yeah. Um, you want me to talk about Jade first or? Yeah, let's talk about Jade first because that's yeah. the most compelling yeah. and she's obviously the one that had her finger on the pulse of this stuff. Yeah, she was uh, she was right on the money. And, and what's interesting is I didn't know anything about her and I have no connection to this so-called countering violent extremism community. I'm just a nobody like I am a soccer mom. Right. So when I was I mean, I am a private investigator, so I do kind of have that that inkling to investigate things. But um, you know, when I started to look into like some of these mass shootings and some of these accelerationist groups or some of these terror groups um, and interesting things that have been happening in the country um, and around the world, really. I mean, it's not it's not confined to America. Um, I started to put the same basic pattern together that Jade had put together, but I didn't even know about her yet. Um, so it wasn't until I found out about her that and it's all explained in the video, so I won't take the time to explain how I found her. But, um, you know, I was like, Oh, wow, this, this woman is on the same exact like line of thinking that I'm on. Like finally somebody who puts it all together for me. And I could see that she had done all this work that really was, and I've had other people message me too, who are on the same path as I was on and are like, Oh my God, when I saw her document and read through it, everything clicked. Like, so I've had multiple people message me with that same exact statement. Everything clicked. Um, and I was like, yeah, she did. She put together, you know, that, um, you've got these, uh, you know, what, what it's, I think that the crux of the matter is that what you're seeing is not what's happening. Okay. And this has been the hardest thing for me to convey to people in the general public, because the general public has it, frankly been brainwashed <laughs> to, really take a hard partisan line and to believe everything that this party says and nothing the other party says and vice versa. And while that might be, you know, okay, ideologically, when it comes to things that are happening, events, 
shootings, terror attacks, um, like political rallies gone awry. If you're blaming all of that on the other side, you're really not seeing what's actually going on. Um, and what's happening is that the media is being exploited, the media bias and the, the partisan divide. They're being exploited to um, kind of create this political division. They're trying to um, they're trying to expand the divide between Americans. They're trying to divide us, right? Because united we stand and divided we fall. Um, they're trying to weaken our country that way. They're trying to undermine um, our elections. Um, and this is kind of what Jade had put together is it's not, you know, a group of feminists who are making your life miserable, right? It's a group of people who are kind of staging things and blaming it on certain groups of people and then exploiting the media bias to kind of create this chaos in society. And that's what accelerationism is. It's using the, it's using the system against itself. Um, and the key ways that they do that are through, through media bias, right? And um, by, for example, you know, all these kids are using AR-15s. Why is that? Why are they all using the same aesthetic? Why are they all have the same MO? Because it works. It works. It's not to kill a, a bunch more people. It's to make people mad in the aftermath so that there's gun violence debates. And this is the, these are the things that Jade was saying that were really interesting and unique perspectives that even if you don't agree, you, you need to hear it, right? You need to consider it. Um, because once you start considering that and then the next time it happens, you're going to see things differently. Like when I see one of these, you know, like another mass shooting play out, I see it completely differently than I saw it before. I see completely different um, strategies. Like it's like, it's like the veil's been lifted, right? Um, and so when Jade was um, exploring all of this, she at some point had a realization that, well, Jade was a military intelligence analyst. She was a contractor. Um, she worked for JSOC. Um, and she worked on Operation Inherent Resolve, which was part of the U.S.'s strategy to eliminate ISIS via cyber warfare, which was ultimately successful. Um, so she, she's a very knowledgeable um, and reputable individual, in my opinion. So when she found all of this, she basically sounded the alarm bells and said, this is, our, the, this is a huge national security threat, the biggest threat since ISIS. And nobody's, nobody's noticing, nobody's listening to me when I tell them. Um, she talks about having gone to a government agency and pleading with them to like listen to her because in her opinion, these lone wolf mass shooters were not lone wolf mass shooters. There was an entire network behind kind of grooming these kids um, and sending them out as white nationalists to commit a heinous act so that they could control the narrative around white nationalists, a false flag operation, which when, when you say things like this, people kind of go to conspiracy land, but it's just because they've been programmed to do so. False flag attacks like this have been used for centuries. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. It makes sense, <laughs> right? But what I do think is a misdirection is any kind of belief that like the deep state is organizing. No, I mean, it's really, according to her research, these, you know, decentralized terror organizations. Um, and a lot of them have a lot of foreign components to them um, from enemies of the West, um, like ISIS, for example, who are still there. They're not completely gone, right? They're still behind the scenes. They're at our Southern border right now. It's another thing that Jade was talking about really loudly. Um, 
And uh, so at one point, I guess what happened was she went to a bunch of colleagues and was trying to explain this, a lot of more reputable colleagues, right? Was trying to get them to take on her research so that they could present it because no one was listening to her, which is also a sentiment that I really, really like vibe with, you know? Because as a smaller individual, people don't know who I am. And so like when I get a big breaking story, the first thing I do is try to get it to somebody who can get eyes on it because it's going to die with me. Um, and I feel like she felt the same way. So she escalated all of her stuff to her superiors. And what they ended up doing was basically unleashing a campaign against her, ousting her from the community, making her look crazy, discrediting her, stealing her research and kind of manipulating that research to paint a different picture than what she wanted it painted as. So instead of painting this as a possible foreign involvement, you know, um, a, a decentralized cell of terrorists who are trying to incite violence to destroy the country, they're painting it as a white supremacy threat, for example, right? They're painting it as, oh, the white supremacists uh, adopt this accelerationist worldview. When what Jade was trying to say was, no, accelerationists are infiltrating white supremacy movements and steering them in these directions. So it's kind of high level stuff. Well, no, uh, it's kind of well, kind of complex. Well, BX, let me let me put a finer point on that. This is something I talked about earlier. It's something like when you and I were chatting about this before before you released it and, and came out with it seems to be that there's there's not. So accelerationism is the goal, right? It's not neo-Nazism. It's not satanic pedophilia. It's essentially they're using all these different uh, a smorgasbord of, of topics or communities or whatever. And the accelerationists are then putting accelerationism into these communities and essentially weaponizing it above, above and beyond how crazy it already is. Like, I think people need to really right. grasp this. This is this is the crux of it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, do you remember, this is like really abstract, okay? You're probably gonna think I'm crazy, but like, well, do you remember this, old, there's this like movie called The Crazies, right? It had that one dude in it. Yep. I don't remember his name, but anyways, where like, it's like not zombies, it's like a virus that makes everybody go crazy and, and just do crazy shit and commit crimes and stuff, right? That's kind of like what this is, but it's kind of like a zombie movie, right? And that you're infected with it. And that's kind of what this is. You're You're finding these vulnerable types of people or on the flip side, you're finding criminals. Um, and psychopaths and just insane fucked up pedophiles. And you're getting those people, you're weaponizing them, right? You're creating your own suicide squad of crazy people to go out and do crazy stuff to attack America. And it sounds insane, but when you think about it, it really makes sense. It's not that, it's not that insane. It's not but that it's hard not to believe. Insane, BX, yeah. Because we saw this play out on a national level uh, with the Gretchen Whitmer quote unquote kidnapping scandal where you know 12 of the 15 guys sitting in the room were uh part of the fbi so uh, it's not crazy to think like we're watching it play out and we know it's happening uh and and they're infiltrating and taking advantage of people who might might not be smart might not be educated might not you know be in the know and then and making them look like they're committing these crimes when it's really them instigating it Absolutely. And and I'm not. And also, I have to be careful because a lot of times that I, I try to put this out, it's very hard to put stuff out on Twitter, first of all. Right. You got like a character limit. You had a limited attention span of people. But a lot of people have kind of come at me when I started putting out this for like this information. 
um, in the context of mass shootings. Well, it sounds like you're trying to cover for the mass shooters. Like, no, these people are sick individuals who need to be removed from society. There's no doubt about that, right? But if you're only removing these individuals and not going after the people who are inciting them and behind them, they're just going to keep going. You have to take out, you know, you have to, to actually accept that this is actually happening. And, you know, that's that's kind of where I found all of this is because my questions were like, well, you always hear about these shooters being in chat rooms, right? They were groomed in a chat room. Well, like who groomed them and why aren't they in jail? Right. Why aren't we ever talking about that? It's very strange. Um that we kind of, nobody's really harped on that before. So that's kind of what I started harping on. And that's when I found out that Jade had been harping on the same basic thing. Um, and she put together a lot of stuff that I didn't realize before. Um, and, you know, we've scraped her tweets on the way back machine. There's over 10,000 of them. And I have a really awesome OSINT guy who wrote a script to basically take all of those URLs and make screenshots of them, which is amazing. I got to give him a shout out because that was Genius, because that enabled us to actually look through her tweets. If you know anything about looking through the Wayback Machine, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you have to click on a link and then wait a few seconds for it to load and go back, click on another link. It's very time consuming. Um, and the stuff that she was saying, I think that people, once we're, we haven't finished scraping them yet, but once we're done, you know, we put them out maybe somewhere, people can actually see what she was saying because it needed more eyes and she just couldn't get it. She was just one person. Um, and, um, you know, one thing that she, what, so what happened after they attacked her in solar research? Um, she, it seems to me that she had kind of a breakdown of sorts, right? Well, she was cornered. Um, her whole life's work is in the hands of these people she doesn't trust. And they're, they've silenced her. They've suppressed her. Um, and so she kind of starts acting like a cat who's cornered, right? She starts throwing stuff up on Twitter that's actually alarming stuff that you wouldn't expect a you know, counterterrorism analysts to be putting on Twitter. And one of those things that she was saying was that she had used her research to identify the um, person who planted the bombs at the Capitol. She um, had identified their network. Um, and she, um, sorry, what was it? Okay. Um, and that uh, it was information worth $100,000 to the Department of Justice, but she wanted to give it to one of her colleagues. She wanted somebody to just take it and research it because she felt like it was important. Um, and so, yeah, that's yeah. basically where we found all of that. We, that just took a whole new spin on it. Then we were just like, you know, so then she also had a what she called a dead man switch. She had that's a, what I was a document. That's what I was getting to, Bex. Yeah, go um, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she had also posted a document that's like, here's all of my research and, um, you know, it's it's very important stuff. And, you know, uh, this is my dead man switch, basically. Here it is. This implicates so many people. And so, you know, there are some big names in that document that are implicated there. But nothing that I would – it's not like what you would think as far as a dead man switch, like she has got information on Hillary. It's nothing like that. Um, it's more of like just – a proof of conception um, that she she did first identify and confirm this particular threat. And um, these are all the people that she talked to and here's how they backstabbed her. So basically that was what was in the document. But also in the document, we find out, which was a totally new spin. This is where I was blindsided. Um, you found out that Jade believed that the Order of Nine Angles, the satanic neo-Nazi movement, 
was a much bigger player than anyone else suspected. Um, and that, in fact, they might have been even instrumental in the whole thing. So. BX, I think we're losing you. I think your Wi-Fi is cutting out. You know, as you hear the Proud Boys, um, test, test, test. Yep, you're back. Yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay, now. weird. Yeah, I was saying, you know, she thought that the Order of Nine Angles um, played a much bigger role than where, but you know, you don't hear about that group very often. You hear like Proud Boys every other sentence, but you almost never hear about this group. Um, and so she was trying to say, this is where all of this came from. And, um, you know, seven, six, fours, uh, it's a, an offshoot according to the FBI is an offshoot of 09A. Um, and so that, you know, it just goes to reason, stands to reason that this satanic pedophile group that's out there harming kids in the most brutal way imaginable, um, that it's, um, all part of this acceleration of strategy, like trash had said a second ago. Right. Sorry, give me one second, guys. Keep talking. Sorry. Yeah, I'll take over. I'll take over. So, yeah, th that's that's essentially what's going on here. Right. So, again, you have to you have to remove mentally. Right. You have to remove neo-Nazi or or satanic pedophile cult. you got to remove it out in the context of it's not just that it's all of those things. But there are people that believe in this accelerationism that 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 the United States and the world is heading towards a fall and we might as well just get it over with and we're going to accelerate create chaos and terror and just get to it so we can reset and start anew it is the most it is by far the most like insane form of anarchism that you can possibly imagine and they are and so I, what I was going to what I was going to do with BX here was going to go kind of back a little bit on how she came across um the incel forums, how, where a lot of these people are and how that investigator who was in Hollywood, I think she was in Hollywood at one point, she had a podcast and she would talk about incels and how like she was, you, you two were working together for a little while. And then she got kind of weird and tried to redirect your investigation into something else. And it's almost as if, you know, she wasn't actually interested in investigating these incels and these, the 09A and, and how that kind of went sideways. And that's how you discovered Jade Parker essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think she was very interested in, in researching it, but I also think that she was uh, somebody who was sent to provide cover. Uh, she was basically a handler, um, but she also acted as a threat assessor in the forum. So she was um, she was working in some capacity for counterterrorism agencies. And I don't know exactly what capacity that was, but I have some ideas, right? Um, maybe she's a really just, you know, the thing is that at first I was able to convince myself she was just a good guy. And maybe she was just trying to kind of leave me away so I didn't fuck up their investigation or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, what I found out later was that, no, something else is going on here because she's, uh, she's, you know, she has this podcast where she's essentially just leading people to this community. Um, and uh, she's enabling it and she's helping it grow. And she's providing cover for these people who are running this group who are, in my opinion, criminals, or at least need to be investigated for some serious criminal wrongdoing. So when I started to understand that, and especially when she started to kind of defend the pedophilia, that's when I drew a line. Because <laughs> I, you know, I found a lot of pedophilia on that platform. 
Um, and, uh, when I asked her about it, she just was giving me excuses. Oh, well there's context. Bitch. No, there's not. <laughs> Sorry. But like, no, there's not context. What are you doing here? Right. That's when I got weird. I was like, no, what's actually going on? Because like a, a good hearted person just trying to investigate and help the country is not just going to be like, oh yeah, there's a little bit of child exploitation, but it's fine. You know? Um, and so that's when I turned kind of against her. And that's also what made me kind of suspicious of her to start really looking into it in the first place. Um, so then I really started to dig in. That just made me more interested. Like her strategy backfired. So made me want to look into it even more. Um, ultimately, you know, we got into a fight, like, a, or like a fight, but like an alter, like an argument um, about the, you know, what, what are you doing in here? Why, why aren't you shutting it down? You need to shut this place down, right? There's terrorists in here. There's terrorists that are exploiting vulnerable, sad young men, um, and they're convincing them to commit suicide. And they're convincing them to go on mass shootings, and it needs to stop. I don't care what the fucking ends are, right? The means don't justify the ends here. Um, and that's where we kind of separated, uh, and she got, you know, kind of weird about it. And um, there were some other things kind of floating behind the surface that I put in the video that I'm still kind of haven't really talked about, but it's way too nuanced for right now. But so that's kind of when I started to think back about our interactions and really think about like, who is this person, you know? So I started to go back through our DM history, which was really long, several months. Um, and that's when I noticed her mention of Jade. Um, this person, Jade, was a friend, a friend of hers or associate of hers in some way. She was also researching these accelerationists. She was also researching the incels. She was also researching this exact same mass shooting that I was researching, the Highland Park mass shooting. Um, and, uh, she was researching it as a possible accelerationist, um, false flag. So, well, when I found who Jade was, I mean, I just had a first name. I don't even know how I did it. Like people have asked me to trace back how I found her. And I'm like, bro, I, I just started searching stuff. Um, but I did eventually find her. Um, it took a lot of, a lot of digging, um, to kind of get all that out there, but yeah. Did I answer yeah. your question? Sorry, I had somebody yeah, at my no, door, so I was trying to like. No. I, I, I imagine people right now are really trying to take in what they're hearing because it is, like, I'm sure people didn't walk in here on a Sunday and be like, oh, let's see what uh, Trash and Jennifer are talking about. Oh, my God, what is this? But it is serious. Uh, it, not, it needs to be talked about. And like you said earlier, I think that was a very poignant point. The veil's been lifted. You, you'll never look at these things the same way ever again. I surely don't. Matter of fact, like I remember countless times, whether the, the, the person down in, in Texas who ran over a bunch of immigrants who was supposedly a Hispanic neo-Nazi, very bizarre, or the, uh, the other like mass shooting events or mass casualty events. And uh, you, you, you kind of look at that differently almost immediately. And... I'm also looking at like what happened in Nashville, right? The uh, the Christian school shooter. I, I don't know. Apparently, this this trans person uh, shot a bunch of people in that school. But you kind of look at those and you're like, wait a minute. When you when you mm -hmm. really pull, when you really when you pull back and you realize that there's a group of terrorists in this country that that are accelerationists, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the topic. It could be trans. It could be neo-Nazi. It could be satanic pedophilia. It could be whatever.
but they're they're they seem to be getting into all of these different communities and basically right. activating people. And and it's not just that. That's a really good point that I I, I feel like need to touch on right because like like Jade had said like these guys these guys jump from like one favorite to another right and a lot of that coincides with kind of where the funding is and, and also where public interest is so if they're seeing people get really riled up about trans 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 that's where they're going to hit because that's where they're going to get the biggest reaction and so now I'm not going to say go out on a limb and say the Nashville shooter was definitely that because we don't know because they they fucking redact all of these records and they almost never show them to us right um but it, it does make sense, right? If you look at it through the lens of, yeah, they would groom a trans a trans person to go commit a shooting because they want people to get really riled up. They want people to focus on that particular aspect of it and nothing else so that they can make everyone mad at each other, make everybody fight, get laws passed that are, you know, uh, unpopular. Um, and so, yeah, when I see something like that, I'm, it's like, it's always feels like I'm screaming into the void. Like, no, stop. You guys listen to what I'm saying. Stop fighting about that. Right. That's what they want you to do. They want you to fight about culture war issues. If that's what you're if that's what they're seeing everybody get mad about on Twitter, that's what they're going to target. You can basically predict these attacks in that same way. Um, no, that's, yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> and, and again, like, let, let's be clear about something. Um, everything that we've talked about up until this point was based on material receipts, investigations done by Jade Parker, yourself, and that other woman who, who you know, have podcasts about the incel community, whatever. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm merely positing. I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened. I'm just saying I can't look at any of these events the same ever again. Right. You look into how these accelerationists are operating yep. with actual proof of previous events. So I just, I yeah, think you raise your eyebrows at it exactly. and you go, huh, maybe I shouldn't put a trans spin on this. Maybe we should be asking, maybe that's a misdirection and maybe we should be asking a different question. Like what was her internet involvement and was she involved with any online communities? That's the number one thing you need to ask because one thing about this, uh, this particular situation is that, that distinguishes it from ISIS. Or, or sorry, from Al Qaeda, ISIS were the ones who kind of perfected this. That, like, when you look back at, at the origin of, of that, ISIS moved to like from physical in-person caliphates to virtual caliphates. The information war went from like in-person to online exclusively, and so now very unusual probably to see any of these shooters having contact with physical people. Um, like groups or cells of terrorists, right? Almost all of them were radicalized online. And uh, so that's a very, very common denominator. And that's the question we should be asking every single time is, who are they talking to online? That's really the question that will help us get to the root of what's going on. Yeah, I think so. And I agree. And I'm, I'm not going to drop this, just so you know, BX, I'm never going to drop this. I'm always going to be talking about this. I keep sending it around to everybody else. I'm like, I, and they're like, oh, I'll watch it later. I'm like, I need you to watch it now so I can have a conversation about about this. And I need you to- <laughs> It's hard. Looking. People don't want to hear it. People know, don't want to hear it because, and, and you know what? These guys are, they're not just dumbass, like, you know, like these guys are psychological experts, behavioral experts. They yep. know perfectly how to manipulate people. And one of those things is by getting people so ingrained and so angry at a specific thing, the current thing, that it's really hard to convince them otherwise yeah. once they're there and set in that belief. Well, and another, another group of people that I'm keeping my eye on who've somehow magically just disappeared from the internet were the cognitive security guys, the CogSec people. 
Um, this is right up that alley. And I just, I have some questions about this. So we, when we talk about censorship, we talk about astroturfing bad ideas and suppressing the truth and, and how, how algorithms and social media companies and through censorship, through government support have moved kind of the truth away and, and astroturf lies and, and, and COGSEC is right in the center of it. And I'm actually, this is something I'm going to be pulling on and looking into on how many of these people that were doing this COGSEC stuff are actually involved in this as well, because it seems very, very suspicious to me that it all, all kind of lines up. So I'm, I'm actually going to look into that a little bit, BX, but I think Vinny's yeah, got a question. Well, yeah. yeah, I was going to say real quick about that before I forget, but like, I think it's funny to point out that that's kind of how we met online was like, you were talking about those things and I, and I sent you something and I was like, no, I, I saw this COGSEC stuff like maybe three or four months ago. We were, we spent like probably two weeks digging through it, like in awe, right? So we kind of, kind of uncovered that same thing, which was like, wow, that was definitely an eye opener. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly how we met. And uh, I'm very thankful for your friendship. And this stuff is amazing. My uh, my illustrious co-host has joined us, Millie Weaver. Good to see you. Vinny's got his hand up. Um, did you want to ask a question? Do you want to like add something to this? Because this oh, is a wild ask, topic, just, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it's a totally wild topic. It's a lot to take in. Um, there's a lot of they speak. So, and then I heard it's not this person, it's not that. So when we say they, do we just mean this is almost like a new tactic from a lot of people who just want to see uh, violence for their cause? Because um, I remember hearing like, it's not the deep state. So I guess I'm just trying to say, uh, when people say they, a lot of times, I always want to know who we're talking about, or are we saying that we think this is some like new tactic they're using and we're seeing evidence for it. Cause it's, it's very interesting. Cause like we know the deep state does this, right. But are we saying that there are terrorist groups too, who will infiltrate other groups and try and do this? So we're saying that this is a way, a new kind of warfare almost. Yeah. Okay. No, so that's, that's a great that's, question. All right. Like, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, first of all, like about the deep state or whatever, like I, I, I am not going to, I'm not going to just talk about things like that I don't know about that I haven't factually discovered. I kind of keep myself confined to like this area, which I have personally mapped out and provided evidence. Right. So this is one of the ones where you can see it and prove it. It's real. Um, and probably some of the deep state stuff is too. I just haven't really gone. So I can't really answer that question. But in this case, when we say they, we're talking about accelerationists um, and who they are is very shadowy. Uh, we don't know. Uh, now, there's a lot of the Jade has to say about that. Um, she has to say a lot about foreign influence. Right. But one of the things that you said was like, you know, um, like fighting for a cause. Right. But one thing that Jade was quick to point out was that the accelerationists are ideologically Gnostic. Like they don't. They don't have one ideology. It's not like they're all, you know, um, white supremacy or they're all like Satanists, right? They're using those things to destroy the West. Their cause is to collapse Western society because they believe that once the West falls, all like once the U.S. falls, all the all the rest of the West will fall as well. And so. From that perspective, it makes sense that there'd be foreign influence involved, right? People who want to see the U.S. fall for their own geopolitical reasons. So that was kind of the, the tactic that she took um, to explain kind of that. And you're right. Yes, they're just using these other ideologies because they know that it's it's a hot button topic um, and they know that they can kind of control narratives that way. 
Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, I mean, just to add on to that, I would say that the accelerationists are tools of the global governance that they're trying to usher in, right? The George Soros Open Society. Possibly, like, I mean. The money flow. Right? I, I, it's not yeah. like they're directing these groups, but if you look at the money flow, I bet you it would lead back to those. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. Go, go, uh, you know, go, go chase it out. Because like kind of one of my... Uh, one of my goals in all of this, the same thing with the Melanie Spitz, Kyle Spitz stuff, right? Here's the information I found. It raises a lot of questions. Very, very intriguing mystery, right? And I'm hoping that that inspires other people to go continue that work, um, maybe using resources that I don't have or perspectives that I don't have. Um, and, um, you know, but I think that there's, there's a lot to be said for doing the actual work and finding the proof of this stuff, as opposed to just kind of, we, we can speculate all day, right? If you think that that's a, a worthwhile cause to pursue, then chase it down. Let's get it out there, right? Yeah, thanks so much for, for doing this report. How do I say your name? Is, is it just BX or is there something else we could call you by? Yeah, you can call me Becca. <laughs> that's my name. Okay. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Becca. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this report. I, I remember Aaron sending me some stuff on it, and I, I think that it's amazing you were able to get in there and just document more of what's going on inside of some of these kind of nihilistic, accelerationist cultures that are out there um, on the web. And so I, I find it amazing that you're able to get get more and more into these groups because this is something that I kind of was already looking into a couple years ago. In fact, um, if you guys remember the New Zealand shooter and that, mm -hmm. that incident that happened, mm -hmm. um, the leftist troll farm that I was uh, infiltrating and inside <laughs> of uh, that was behind a lot of the Yang Gang stuff. If you remember, uh -huh. like the, the neat bucks and the, you know, um, Mika and the anti-Israel trolling yeah. that they were doing. Jay Parker uh, believed that those people were accelerationists. She actually yeah, they, has an entire report about it, which yeah, was news then, to me. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So they were do they, they were um, primarily on Discord and they were, that's where they were organizing. And what you'd see them do is like, they would target specific videos and then they'd all like their bots and all their people would go on there and they would put all this like anti-Semitic stuff in there or whatever it was. It could be Yang Gang, Meat Bucks, like the different Yang memes that they had. Uh, well, what was crazy was during that time period, um, we kind of were watching as this New Zealand shooter uh, situation unfolded the New Zealand shooter was actually in the discord in this group and it got like revealed. And so they panicked and they shut the whole thing down and then they kind of wow. migrated into this like groiper culture. Wow. And so, so we watched this whole thing kind of play out. It was just mind boggling. And oh, then man. the other thing was, um, you know, even just like what you're saying to like the social media culture that this exists and that it's promoted, like, mind you guys, they have all of this advanced censorship technology that's supposed to go after terrorism. It's supposed to go after harmful content and it's supposed to go after, um, you know, child pornography, things of that nature. But instead, they've just weaponized it to go after political conservative speech that they don't like and then they allow these pockets of um nihilistic incels and accelerationists to just flourish even still like on youtube 
if you go look up some of the different um they have like videos music videos some of the like kind of vape oh she got a phone call yeah no she's saying i, I would love i've not heard that information about um the new zealand shooter being in the yanking discord but that's fascinating and you know i think that's right in line with if you if you want to read that document, it's linked. Um, I can link it um, to Ken's article. Who uh, he wrote a story about this when I when I shared it with him. And there's a, it's hard to follow. It's a lot of information, but there is a specific article in there about Yang Gang and about all that stuff. So that's very interesting um, that she mentioned that. And um, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, just, so it, it's full, it's full circle, Becca. Um, yeah, and, and that, what I was going to say was... about oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, she was just saying something about the YouTube uh, stuff, like the fashion, like the fashion wave stuff that's still there. I mean, and it's heinous. Like some of it's heinous. I, I went at one point I started a spreadsheet of YouTube channels connected to this network. And then I started to document all the times I reported them to YouTube. And it was just bizarre that they stay up. Like, how is this? How's happening? YouTube had they banned my channel for no reason. I, I posted a video about the Highland Park shooter framed it in the very, uh, very um, perspective that we're talking about right now. And they banned my entire channel. But then I found out, you know, then I started chasing out the Order of Nine Angles stuff. And I found out that the Order of Nine Angles still has an active official page on YouTube. <laughs> so, and it's, and it's alarming stuff. You know, it's a lot of guns Wait, and a lot of, yeah. Oh yeah. They have an official YouTube page, bro. No way. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'm, <laughs> fact, I'm fact checking you in real time. <laughs> Well, it's oh, not, you're not going to find it by, I can tell you what the name is, DM it to you because I don't want, um, yeah. I, I just, I get kind of sticky There's about mentioning it, to, um, but just text the, me. So that the way really we found it, out, like in the middle of talking to you guys about this stuff, the entire X app completely crashed and shut down on me. Oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, it was really weird. Um, but yeah, like just kind of picking up with what I was saying on YouTube. And I know you guys are talking about YouTube. Like if you look at some of the genre, they have like videos where they use that kind of vapor wave or fast wave. Yeah. Music. Fash wave, yeah. And we're they, just talking about it. Yeah. And they have like the, the Columbine shooters and they literally like glorify them. Like they idolize them and it kind of like, um, like infamous villains that they kind of idolize. And then they, they have music like that. For example, if you look up that pumped up kicks song, that's one where these um, these nihilists and accelerationists really like to hang out in the comment sections and they'll comment all this stuff about glorifying school shootings because that song they interpret it as being about a school shooting. So, yeah, it's it's pretty bad what goes on. on yeah. And, and I was just saying, you know, like I put out a one video, very, you know, the same kind of video that I put out with the Jake Parker, that same type style of video. Right. Um, I put that out about the Highland Park mass shooter and I framed it from the perspective we're talking now. They banned my entire channel without telling me why. Um, it, well, the, the reason they gave me was um, violent criminal organization policy, but they didn't specify what video it was. I couldn't get on, on touch with the partner support. It was gone, like high level nuked. But then you find out that like the 09A has an official YouTube page and I've reported it dozens of times. Right. Um, but, you know, you might say, well, none of it really technically breaks the rules. Well, neither did I, <laughs> you know, um, 
And, uh, you know, if they have a violent criminal organization policy, this is it. But I, I sent it to trash. The reason that I know it's the official, I wouldn't I wouldn't go clicking around, by the way. That's another reason I don't like to share these things, because people ask me for it all the time. They're like, well, how come you're not sharing the names of these places? Because they have malicious links in them. And I don't want somebody going and clicking around and getting themselves hacked or something, you know, or monitored by the FBI, because yes, that is happening, right? They're monitoring the traffic in and out of some of these sites. So don't go there. Um, but there is a link in that particular YouTube page that goes to a WordPress. And that WordPress is um, is cross-referenced on the Martinet Press homepage, which is the publisher that publishes all the 098 propaganda. And that's how I figured out that this is like their actual YouTube page for reference. So I'm going to reset the room, uh, Becca, real quick. And, yeah. and Millie and Jen and like oh, my favorite people are on stage. Um, just real quick, guys. Uh, so we started off talking about food, um, food quality in the United States versus other countries. And I wanted to actually get to this topic. And I've been out of the country for a week and I have not been able to get back to uh, what Becca had released. And it's so important. I know Millie saw it. Jen saw it. I sent it. I sent it to a few people that I, I think that would understand what this is all about. And we let off with kind of when we moved into this conversation, the Kyle Spitzy uh, video where his, the mom's boyfriend shot him and, and everyone's like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. I can't believe the guy just shot him. And then when you learn the backstory of as a probably why you start looking into this. And so when, when, uh, when Becca came out with this 22 minute mini documentary, it was a fantastic investigation. And, and like, uh, obviously, Beck, I've been a fan of yours ever since. I think we met the first time you were on uh, Gorilla Blanco's space. You were talking about um, some of the stuff that you had investigated on, on some of these forums. And then when you were coming out with this, I was like, OK, this is a big story. An accelerationist, you'll never you can't you can't look at these mass casualty school shooting events ever again the same because you understand and you're looking at this and for people to grasp what we're talking about. I mean, because Millie expertly, expertly pointed out the New Zealand uh, story and how this is all seems to be interconnected. And, and you hear this all the time. You, we make the, we, we say the meme, right? This person was known to the FBI, right? That's the meme, right? Anytime something bad happens, yes, the suspect was known to the FBI. But this is kind of in many of these situations, not all, because I can't speak to everything, but many of these situations, this is essentially what they mean. And this is the investigations by a, a, a missing person, Jade Parker, who was Army Intelligence, who, who worked at a JSOC, who was saying, hey, uh, domestic terrorist, it's not just like white people with tiki torches. It's actually these people. And they put on different masks, whether it's white nationalism whether it's trans stuff, whether it's satanic pedophilia, whether it's all these, it's only in all these different groups. And, and essentially the goal is to bring down the West. And if you bring down the U S you can bring down the rest of the West and then we can accelerate it to starting anew. essentially is what they're doing. And many people are dying. Um, there are, there are, there are young men who are misguided, confused, and they ended up in these incel communities and groups. Uh, that's why I believe, I think you've touched on this. I, I, I believe that this is what a lot of what the Groyper phenomenon is, is actually related to. And a lot of these people are being taken advantage of and used and groomed to do horrific things uh, to accelerate the downfall of the West, most likely, as you said, you know, foreign sponsored uh, stuff, 
where people believe that the FBI is doing this. And I don't think that that's actually true. Based on this investigation that you've done, Becca, based on the stuff that I've looked at, I know a lot of people were saying that, oh, yeah, the Department of Homeland Security or FBI, they're grooming these people to do these things. No, I don't, I don't think so. Based on what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing is is these accelerationists, these people that want to take down the totally West. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I would have, I would have, yeah. you know, I started my investigation into this with that kind of idea that, oh, that's what I'm going to find. And I ended up kind of self-correcting myself and saying, actually, you know, um, it, it looks more like what Jade is saying. Like, we don't know who these people are. Now, when, when and I have a lot to say about the monitor by the FBI thing, because, yeah, it's a funny meme. But really... Um, you know, the FBI, they have these threat assessment networks that don't work very well, frankly, okay, um, where they have people like Nama Cates, a podcaster, in these communities kind of getting to know the people and then escalating the ones they think are threats to the authorities. The thing is, they're just not doing a good job because it's not a good system. Really, it's not. Right. So a lot of times they might have had somebody on their radar. But as you and I know, you got to have a pretty, pretty high bar for them to actually get a search warrant of your computer. OK, you can't just be like, hmm, he's kind of concerning, a little edgy. Right. They're not going to look into that person because they don't have time and because it's not likely they're going to get a search warrant. And so you got to kind of give them a little slack. Right. It does suck because they missed that one. They did. They failed. They missed it. Right. Um, but it's not like that's not an indication to me of some deep, dark conspiracy that just to me shows that like, yeah, people were concerned about this kid and they were escalating it to the authorities. But, you know, people often don't do a very good job of doing that. It's like um, the other day and I'll talk about this in a second. I got to get my door. But um, when I stopped that, when I called the fusion center about that guy who was about to kill somebody on X. Right. And they stopped him. They called me the next day and said, we got the victim to safety. That's the process working as it should. So um, Becca, yeah. do you want to, do you want to talk about that on this? I mean, like I wasn't going to bring yeah, it up. Yeah. Give me like a couple of minutes. Oh, sorry. Shit. I got to go All mute right, for so a guys. second. Yeah. Like guys. So hang on real quick. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't going to go there because I told Becca that I would only talk about things that have been publicly reported. I'm not going to talk about anything that is going on behind the scenes, but this story is absolutely crazy. Uh, <laughs> so if she wants to talk about it, let's do it. Uh, Vinny, go ahead. You, you bust it in. Oh, I just wanted to say, how red in is she on the stuff that Millie and you have found with and stuff like that? Um, somewhat, somewhat. Uh, I think showing someone that network could try and you know because it does. You so, know the accelerationist thing. I understand that can be a weapon that other people can use, but it really does. You know, what I mean, I wonder how these trails lead back to the well, WEF. and that's actually a good point. And I, that's actually a good point. I want to get Millie's take on this, um, based on the on the stuff that we're talking about in these acceleration networks, uh, the O nine A and seven six four, but and the January six pipe bomb. Because remember, the reason we're talking about January six pipe bomb is because Jade Barker herself put out one of the last things that she put on social media says, I have proof of who the January 6th pipe bomber was. And then she disappeared. And all the investigation that Millie did with the sunrise um, movement, the sunrise zoom calls and the government officials and the uh, uh, horizontally aligned leftist affinity groups like shutdown DC, BLM, Antifa, sunrise, all these groups had, had conspired on, you know, for January 6th to prevent Congress from meeting that way you couldn't hear the alternate slate of electors and all the uh, voting irregularities. And we're now seeing like Darren Beatty, Kyle Serafin, Dan Bongino, uh, Julie Kelly, really chasing down the January 6th pipe bomb story and and how shady it actually is and why it's being covered up. And then when you, when you introduce the other part of it, which is Jade Parker talking about that she was investigating like these domestic terrorist groups 
the accelerationist and all this work that she had done, one of her last one of her last comments on social media was, I, I have proof or I essentially what it was is this is just about verbatim. I have proof of who the January 6th pipe bomber was. And then she disappeared. And so I wonder how much it intersects. But Millie, kind of listening to this, and it seems like you have your finger on the pulse of this as well, Millie, kind of hearing what like Becca has been investigating, kind of the stuff that we're talking about. I guess to Vinny's question, it's how how do we see this, how, how it intersects? Because I'm asking the same question. I don't have an answer for it yet. That's why I want to get this topic out and I want to talk about so it. So I, I think it, it definitely intersects with IIA and psychological warfare operations. And that was one of the things that we really talked about surrounding Shadowgate, which was basically that they had these software tools that they could utilize and, and they essentially were targeting young potential suicide bombers, right? Like the, the kids that the radicalized Islamic uh, forces would convince to strap on a, you know, one of those explosive vests and go run into a crowded air and blow themselves up. Right. So they actually um, launched a lot of those um, PSYOP tools on social media to engage in chat rooms specifically to target these young kids to with the goal of getting them to not go blow themselves up right so that was like the idea and then the whole like 2013 smith month act with obama legalizing propaganda that was because oh what do we do if in the event there happens to be an american in that chat and we are on you know we are exposing an american to propaganda right or psych our psychological warfare right so they legalized it, but it was never meant that, okay, that just means that you can go full bore and use propaganda against American citizens, but that's what's happening now today, of course, of course, right? But so the idea with which this really touches in with the whole disarm framework, right, that American Mission and Walter and Jen and all them have uncovered, the idea is you... You can, in another way, if you were a villain, if you were somebody with an evil intention, instead of targeting a young person to de-escalate and deactivate them to get them to not go blow themselves up, you could theoretically target a young person in these chat rooms with bots, with psyops of that sort, um, and radicalize them to get them to go do a mass shooting or go blow themselves up. So you can use these tools to essentially target these people. And what they'll do is they can do behavioral profiles, behavioral modeling, and they can target the individuals that are going to be the most, what, what they look for is subjectivity. So the people who are subjective, that's like what they, you know, in hypnosis, they refer to these people as subjective, the type of person that can be easily hypnotized, right? So, so if, you know, they'd be the, the person where like, you know, you know, if the hypnotist is doing their thing, they would instantly just be responsive to it, right? So these are people who are influenceable, subjective, and easy to mold and to kind of turn into wind-up toys. So yeah, they can absolutely target. And I think that's kind of where it intersects. It intersects with psyops, psychological warfare, and obviously they're using psyops for political means as well. Damn, dude, I just got to, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like, I have a total crush on you now. Sorry, go ahead. 
thing. The, the hypnosis thing was like, I was like, dang, dude, this woman understands me. Yeah, yeah. The, the hypnosis stuff actually goes pretty deep. Like, I know there's a lot of people that when they when they think about hypnosis, they think, oh, that's just a gimmick. It's just fake. And actually, like, for, you know, I, I've known somebody who is an expert hypnotist and an expert in um, neuro-linguistic programming and, uh, uh, you know, that type of sort of, um, you know, uh, hypnotism. And what he explained it as is that there's a small percentage of the population, like maybe less than 10%, that are considered to be highly suggestible. So you can suggest, like you can instantly put them in a hypnotic trance. They they will do, they will quack like a duck. They will sing like Britney Spears. They will do whatever you tell them to do if you do it right. Then the, the bulk of the population are like, just kind of mildly suggestible and that's what they do when they're target they they'll you know you'll see it in media you'll see it in advertisements where they do minor programming minor suggestion um and it works like it gets people to consumerism it gets people to buy products they'll use a lot of like sex symbolism a lot of different things food like they'll use like different colors i mean it's all getting people psychologically primed to purchase or get their product right so um you know then there's a small percentage of the population pretty equal to that which is a highly suggestible which is actually actually not receptive at all to hypnotism right so so you could a hypnotist could sit there and try try over and over and over again and try to do anything they can and that person literally cannot will not be hypnotized their their mind is just not primed for that so what the what these people would do in the psychological warfare settings is look for people with those markers of suggestibility and so you can you can pretty much pinpoint out somebody who's suggestible somebody who's primable moldable and essentially target them with psychological warfare weapons tools and and get them to do whatever i mean you you technically can so Millie, I'm going to back you up. And Gavin, I'm coming to you. I just wanted to kind of touch on this. I put it up in the nest down in the chat. Um, I took four screenshots from the Disarm Framework investigation that we've been doing for quite some time. And uh, shout out to No Rose Glasses for getting me the uh, the GitHub on Disarm because it was an open source censorship machine and psychological operation machine. And we'll go into that at some point. But I, I shared four screenshots of this framework that you were talking about, the Disarm Framework. So these are the actual psychological operations that they were running. Um, and one of them was called intimidate, right? So it was coerce, bully, or frighten the target. An influence operation may use intimidation to compel the target to act against their will. Um, or the goal may be to frighten or even terrify the target into silence or submission. In some cases, the goal is simply to make the victim suffer. So we'll go through that here in a minute. But uh, Becca, I think you, you've got to go. So did you want to leave us with any kind of like final words here before you got to take off? Yeah, sorry about that. I just got Sunday stuff to do. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for having the space. And thank you so much for putting the story out and helping it spread. And I want everyone to um, consider watching it. Um, I think you'll, well, we talked about it a lot here, but maybe seeing it too might help you kind of um, understand what we're talking about. So it's not just me talking to a screen. There's a lot of evidence and things that I've seen in that video that you can see for yourself. Um, 
And uh, yeah, um, as far as the the Kyle Spitzmelanie Spitzy, I can't I can't give you as much info on that as I want to right now because everything's still really developing. But um, I did link that in the space uh, comments, so you can go see that original thread. That's uh, what you know the one that's linked here. What was linked about uh, from Ken Silva? You can kind of go through both of our reporting on that and see what's going on. Because guys, I just got to tell you, like. I've seen some messed up stuff doing this kind of work, but this stuff is the, this might be the one that gets me to go to counseling. Like, I mean, it's horrific what they're doing to these kids. It's, it's so evil. It's just, there's no other word to describe it. Um, And and uh, before you go, Becca, um, you're going to tell the story about how you basically averted um, a mass casualty event. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to tell that Right. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, I monitor the incel, um, the main incel Twitter account. Um, and uh, I found somebody who was kind of posting stuff that seemed concerning on their uh, thread. So I went to his page and noticed he'd had about 200 tweets in about an hour um, about how he's going to brutally murder his ex-girlfriend and how he's about to go rock this campus, you know, potentially being, you know, referring to a mass shooting. Um, and he posted pictures of the girl. Um, and so I found this very concerning, right? Like I see a lot of people shit posting online, but this one seemed very concerning and imminent, right? That's what the police want to see. They want to see imminence. Um, cause you know, he's saying I'm about to go do this right now. So I called, I, I, I use my knowledge of these fusion centers, which are, um, really dedicated to counterterrorism, um, which get taken a lot more seriously than like your local police will, will do. Um, and I, so I called the, the fusion center here in Texas. And I just gave them this anonymous information. The kid had privated his account for some reason, like by the time I called him. So luckily I had archived it all. I was able to send them that evidence. And because, um, hold on, because, uh, because I did that, you know, the next day they called me back. It was, um, the university of Alabama. They called me the police department and said, we got the victim to safety and it asked for me to send the evidence again. And uh, yeah, they found him overnight, <laughs> like in a 12 hour span. So it's pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, that's that's the system working, really. You know, unfortunately, the FBI and other people like that, they should be monitoring those panels like I am. I shouldn't have to do that. They should be doing that. They need more resources on the ground um, monitoring social media, like for actual terrorists. Right. And they need to just kind of let go of this other kind of ancillary political stuff they're doing and then we would have a lot less, less mass shootings possibly so sorry guys i gotta i gotta mute because yeah. i got my i'll i'll add to that becca thanks for joining us and so what she was talking about was that essentially this guy had created his twitter handle in incel twitter and he was basically pointing out that he was going to go murder his ex-girlfriend for breaking up with him and he was going to call he was going to rock the campus meaning you know tuscaloosa university of alabama and it seemed to be that he was not only going to take out his ex-girlfriend, but many other people with him. Uh, and she contacted the Fusion Center, and that was they, – they got her to safety, and they got him. Uh, it was pretty crazy. I wasn't going to bring that up because I, I was like, ah, I, this isn't public stuff, so I don't want to bring it up, Becca. Like, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. But that also happened at the same time. So this actually happened in real time. I, I, I don't have faith in, in, in our institutions or, or, or our FBI, but – I can tell you that even with my limited um, 
it sometimes works. It sometimes works, I guess. And I think that her point was, why does she have to investigate these things? Why can't it be done uh, through the FBI? So, but that happened. <laughs> yeah, that happened in real time. I think I was sending it to trash as it was happening yeah. too. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, so man, you know, it's crazy, man. You know, it's, these guys are really, they're, they're screaming for help. It's a cry for help. They're out there when they're doing that. That's, that's when it's like, okay, at least we've got them yelling on social media about it. They're not just like, covertly doing it right or in a discord server right well so this is just one of those cases where maybe we got lucky well and remember and becca so you guys don't remember and gavin you had your hand up it's down i'm going to come back to you because i want to continue this conversation this is like one of my in my opinion one of the most interesting topics that's going on in our country today uh but you guys remember there was a guy that uh was gonna go kill like supreme court justices and he had like all like a backpack full of like weapons and and zip ties and all these things and he ended up not going forward with it. And he turned himself into the police. There's also another story uh, that Beck and I were talking about where the kid was going to go do something and ended up ending his own life because he didn't want to follow through with it. And I just have questions of whether or not he's connected with these incel forums that, 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 or these, these forums of accelerationists. And they're producing at a mass scale all of these mass casualty event type people. And some people are kind of like snapping out of the programming is what I think the TikTok was talking about. They snapped out of the programming. They're like, okay, wait a minute. Nope, 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 I'm not doing this. Um, but the kid that turned himself in that was supposed to go kill the Supreme Court justices, you kind of look at this and you're like, well, that makes sense. Or the other person that ended themselves before they did something heinous. And you're like, wow, that's, I, I think it's related, Becca. I know you have to go, but do you, do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, she's got to go. All right. Yeah, Gavin, go ahead. Sorry, guys. I got to right. take off, but I, I appreciate you guys having me, and um, thanks, Trash, for everything. And, yeah, just go go check out my pinned tweet or the one that's uh, in the in the, um, in the the comments and just follow along. Welcome to the ride. It's a crazy ride. So Holy thanks shit. for having me, guys. <laughs> thanks, Becca. See you later. Go ahead, Gavin. So notice that we never hear about accelerationism, right? But what you need to understand is this is actually the key. Accelerationism is the tool of global government. And here's why. Left-wing extremism and right-wing extremism are the two opposing sides of the axis of revolution, right? So what's interesting about it, think about like our Earth rotating on an axis, right? It's rotating right and the axis of revolution is where the acceleration is so you have a pole around which the acceleration rotates and what's interesting is sun will rise on the east set on the west and you'll see that both fascists and communists use sun symbols in their iconography why because they're the two wings of the axis of revolution meaning perpetual revolution revolution that's always going on so once you start to unpack that you can see how they'll use these sun symbols and sun iconography in their you know in their logos and stuff and so what's interesting is that's part of the reason why we put our, our eyeballs on the sunrise movement because they were continuing to carry on that use of the axis of revolution iconography 
like, listen, I can sit up here and act smart and like do like talk about investigations and receipts and all these proof. And then Gavin comes up and he's just like, yeah, so, you know, I have a fleeting thought, which is completely, completely fucking intelligent and brilliant. And <laughs> of course, I love Gavin, man. You're awesome, dude. Go ahead, Grump. Well, it's not a fleeting thought. That's actually the way it works. Like, go look at the Communist International, right? They have right there the axis of rotation. They show the North Pole or the swastika. That's an axis of rotation, right? So really and truly, uh, the, the false narrative is communism or fascism. Those are the two tools of the accelerationists that will wear anything to accomplish their goal. And maybe you should think about like things like the Fabian Society, where their logo is quite literally a wolf in sheep's clothing. No, and that and Gavin, that is the point. And that that that, that was the point I was trying to convey to the people that were listening when we were talking about the 09A and the 764 was the accelerationists, it, they're not aligned with satanic pedophiles. They're not aligned with neo-Nazis. They're not aligned with whatever you want to talk about, trans, whatever. It, they, they are simply using them as conduits and tools. No more than just doing that. It's like, a, like I, I call it like the, a buffet, a, a buffet of hot button, hot topic items that they can utilize to accelerate the downfall of the West. I, I think that you intelligently, way more than I can and way more eloquently than I can, described exactly what I was trying to say. So nah, th- that's all I'm saying. Like, yes, I agree 100%. And I know that there's probably some people listening, you know, Gavin, Millie, Jen, they're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? But uh, again, I, I, I would just say like as an intro, as kind of like a primer, go watch Becca's video, um, the 22 minute video regarding the accelerationist, the 764, their order, the, the order of nine angles, the 09A, and go take a look at how this was all kind of pieced together and how they utilized, you know, these, these, these these lost, confused young men, um, specifically the incel community, uh, the Groyper community, and how they're using them to benefit the end of accelerationism. Like this is an actual, this is probably, in my opinion, this is probably one of the most important topics that will never get talked about because it's too fucking nuanced and people can't understand it. I can't give it to you in bite-sized pieces. Like you have to like kind of look into this stuff a little bit. They are the foot soldiers for the accelerationists, right? The accelerationists yep. have the plan who are working in conjunction with the globalist people. And then these guys are the ones out on the street, in the schools every day, uh, you know, battering the plan into people's heads figuratively and physically. Here's a, here's a good example so that people can kind of, here's where it intersects with politics, right? Because she was really like kind of looking into um, like stuff uh, surrounding the like mass shooter aspect and like the, you know, getting people to go do violent things. But, um, but as far as like the, where the place where it intersects with politics. So in that discord, uh, that we were in the Yang gang troll farm, leftist troll farm. Um, one example was, so when they were targeting specific videos and different content, Obviously, like during that time period, I was working for InfoWars, so we were very much focused in on that. And um, I also saw that they were targeting some of my videos, but they were targeting the InfoWars stuff 
with a bunch of very radicalized anti-Semitic posts. Okay. And I'm thinking, this is really weird. Who's doing this, right? Like who is doing this? And inside it, they had this little like um, paper that made it look like it was almost like a booby trap. Like if somebody got in there and found it, that they would put it out and think that it was real. But it was like, like a little credo of like pretending that they were Jewish or whatever, and that they were doing this. And it's like, no real Jewish person is going to write something like this. It was just so stupid, but it was like a laugh. Like it was LARPing, you know? But so what I saw happen though, was at the same time that they had done a huge push to target specific content with anti-Semitic and other radicalized posts calling for violence and that and the other, um, you had Oliver Darcy and some of these other big leftist media pundits calling for the banning of the people, including InfoWars, right, that they were targeting with this troll farm, right? So, and the, the excuse was, look, they're creating a place a platform or a place for radicalized anti-Semitism and, and radicalized speech and calls for violence and this, that, and the other, right? So they were using this kind of army of people to do this and to create this kind of, but at the same time, you have to think of this way. Not only are they just kind of framing people so that right-wing watch can do their hit pieces and say that we're, you know, that, we're anti-Semitic because they don't like our actual journalism we're covering, right? Um, they they essentially were um, were doing it to radicalize the people, radicalize Trump supporters, radicalize the conservative grassroots and the Tea Party people, so that you know these young people coming new into the scene would be easily radicalized and then then you have people coming in knowing about these radicalized groups that are assets and operators they can easily come in and once there's been a trigger point event created like this recent uh situation at the border right that's when you get these operators that come in that have intelligence backgrounds and they start calling for people to do really crazy things or they or they start throwing fuel on the fire with incendiary language so that they get people primed to be radicalized because they're trying to radicalize the conservative base so that they they want so badly to have a right-wing extremism domestic terrorism problem so the FBI can justify mass surveillance of of patriots mass surveillance of all the people who would who would um you know push back against their tyranny and you know to just further target these you know the people that actually would stand up right against tyranny so they want to radicalize that's what i'm saying is they want to radicalize us and that's this is part of that plan Yeah, so I, I guess that was a mic drop. I can't hear it you was. talking. No, it was. I, I was I was texting back. Ken Silva is getting attacked by a bunch of people that are saying that like satanic cults should be okay because freedom of speech or whatever. <laughs> 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 it's so ridiculous. Well, 
It is. It is ridiculous. You know what's crazy though? It does make me. It does make me think because I've been talking to my friends about it a lot because I have friends that are like real, real into like the satanics, like everything satanic stuff. And I'm just someone where it's like I can see what they're saying, but like Hollywood, right? Because I wanted to be an actor. My wife's an actress. Um, like looking at it, I think there's a lot of people who LARP into like these certain things because say you're non-religious right or something like that but you know that the people who are there are playing with satanic things i wonder if the suggestible stuff like i wonder if sometimes you know by them knowing that what these people want they're able to turn a lot of these people violent by offering them certain things and stuff like that because my thing so anyways the way it relates is when I always think about it, when I have my friends being like, these people all believe in Satan, blah, blah, I'm like, I think a lot of people just go along with it because they know that some of the people they serve are into it, are into LARPing it and all that kind of stuff. And because if you don't believe in a spiritual world, then who cares if you're quote unquote worshiping Satan? I'm just here to try and get my role in this movie. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. yeah. So like, I think you're onto it. And Malcolm, thanks for joining us. My homie Malcolm's up here. But I, I, we've been talking about a lot. But I, I, I think ultimately what, you, what we're talking about here is that these accelerationists are using any kind of movement that actually has like dedicated following to it. Right. So you've got like neo-Nazism. You've got satanic pedophile whatever you've got all these things and they sound like crazy conspiracies but it's not like there's there's people that believe um there's people out there that are trying to make you know normalizing pedophilia that's why they're trying to put like maps as a thing of minor attractive persons and you've got people that that believe in the church of satan because right they worship self versus worshiping a power greater than themselves right and this is just a, a dichotomy of um, I would prefer to like worship self. I'm agnostic at best, but I also think that there's actually no God and we're all just here floundering around. And therefore I'm going to put weight behind and put my movement behind something that, that would, that would be greater than myself, but that's also centered around self. And then you have people that uh, believe in neo-Nazism or whatever it is, or the uh, replacement theory stuff, all that crap. And these accelerationists use these different communities that have dedicated following to then radicalize within those communities to then ultimately create, you know, violence, chaos and, and, and mass casualty events. Because the ends are essentially the ends are that that the West is going to be fallen and we can't do it slowly. We've got to do it fast. So then we can re reset and rebuild society. Um, I'm not even convinced that there's a lot of people that are altruistic in that kind of um, belief. I, I'm convinced that it's foreign interest that is using social media and 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 like what Millie was talking about, like very susceptible people to this kind of rhetoric, and they're radicalizing these people to accelerate the downfall of the West. And that's ultimately, I think, what we're talking about here, Vinny. But like. <sighs> When you start talking about like how there's a satanic cult called the 764 or the O9A is what we've been talking about, the order of nine angles. And these people basically groom people on social media, usually using mostly like the incel forums or like the groipers or whatever. And essentially, they just use whatever cause can be. So it doesn't 
there's no real belief. It's a nihilistic point of view. They don't believe in a power greater than themselves. And they believe that the West is heading towards a downfall. And the way to make it happen quicker so you can rebuild anew is to make sure the United States goes down and they're radicalizing people doing it. And I think the FBI is completely, wholly, wholly um, prepared to handle this. Department of Homeland Security is completely, wholly unprepared to handle this. And it's happening in real time. And I, I can't look at any kind of like mass shooting or mass casualty event the same ever again when you see this evidence, when you see this information, because they're going to use it. And I, I don't know, Vinny, like, I, I don't know how to address this. I, we've tried to have a space about it. I had Becca in here earlier. She was kind of breaking it down. We were talking about Jay Parker. We were talking about um, some of these people like within military intelligence that have been uh, like basically working in counterterrorism that have looked at these accelerationists and, and, and what they've been able to do using social media. And I think Millie was spot fucking on in, in regards to like, you know, the process of hypnosis and susceptible people. And it's being it's 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 being waged. I, I, I don't know how to answer this question, Betty. I'm trying my best and sounding smart, but I don't know, man. This is why this investigation is so important. And uh, Grump, I know you want to come in here. I'm going to come to you. Um, but I'll just say this. I, I think ultimately people would rather have nihilism creep in. They want to believe in a power greater than themselves. And they, and they just want to believe that they are in control of their own destiny. And it is making very susceptible, weak people in our, in our nation. And where we go from there, I think the message should be there is a power greater than yourself. That, that, that nihilism is not welcome here. That actually the reason that we have a country was founded on moral frameworks, believing that these were inalienable rights that were bestowed upon us upon God and that a tyrannical government has no business playing in, the, in those fields. And I think that we can start to change that. But right now, the accelerationists seem to be winning. And we, we're going to have to reverse that. Malcolm, go ahead. I'm going to go to Grump. Yeah, sorry. I was actually about to speak a little bit earlier. But, you know, I know uh, Millie was touching on it, which uh, with the whole radicalization point. But, um, you know, you made some excellent points there. And I think, you know, I'm really terrified of the idea because, you know, we have a growing branch of even the libertarians, which have always made great allies for us. Now talking about, you know, the idea of, oh, we need to start having a national divorce. And naturally, when you bring up the idea of a national divorce, you know, the idea of the Civil War and the Civil War iconography comes up. And I always tell people, you know, a national divorce would essentially mean a civil war because, it, you know, it's the same reason why the union, you know, the union forces wanted to bring the Confederacy back into the fold because we really cannot exist on this landmass, you know, as separate entities. One presents a weak point for you know, other hostile nations and countries to gain foothold and then take over the other. So when I when I always do that, you know, it's like a lot of the pro-liberty side, you know, generally the more pacifistic, you know, these were the guys that follow the teachings of Justin Raimondo and, you know, fought against the whole National Review type neoconservatives and whatnot. But now they're talking about, yeah, no, national divorce, which then leads into the accelerationist talk of, okay, it's civil war. And nobody ever brings up the idea that, hey, in the Civil War, you do realize that most of the supply chain stops. There's not like unified armies like it was back then. It usually devolves into after about nine days of hunger, you end up getting just massive anarchy and not the political idea of anarchy. Because, you know, I know that because I used to be an anarchist and I moved further and further, you know, closer and closer to the middle. 
but you know it's not like self-governance it's like literal roving bands you know take what you can get the rich offer money and you know build up private armies and then you know people are basically just colonized based on whoever has the most resources and the most guns and typically that comes from the politicians that have been stealing money and amassing political favor so it's like I bring this up to say that, you know, we do we need to fight back against these ideas, no matter how romanticized that the idea of a peaceful breakup of the country is it. The alternative or the alternative of existing with these people is actually way worse than, you know, simply having to go through the veneers of legal process and and all of this to you know combat the left. Like, would you rather just start fighting against your brethren for scraps and, you know, there's no power, no no electricity, no internet, you know, you're having to fend off foreign attacks because all social order is broken down because people can't govern. And that's things that people don't really think about. And I think we do need to consider, especially when we talk about, you know, the Supreme Court now being in a situation where everybody, you know, left or right really wants to ignore it. We're fast approaching that turning point where one bold state or one maverick, you know, politician is going to say, uh, screw the Supreme Court. Let's, uh, you know, screw the Supreme Court. We're going to do this and it's going to go against the will of the red states. And next thing you know, you're going to have a squabble that can only be solved with, <laughs> you know, secession. And that, unfortunately, is not what you want, especially when the Fed is highly, highly motivated to, you know, do any and everything it can to destabilize all liberty loving movements that might have good intentions. So just food for thought there. No, it really is, Malcolm. And actually, those are great points. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of what. So we, when we started the space, we were talking about essentially, we, well, I brought Becca in and we were talking about her investigation into the accelerationist movement and how they attach themselves to like Satanism or they attach themselves to neo-Nazism or they attach themselves to whatever. It's just whatever the current thing is that they can exploit to accelerate the downfall of the United States. And now we're seeing it in mainstream, in real time, where you're talking about when we're, we're seeing what's going on with Governor Abbott down in Texas and, and how 20 plus states have signed on saying, oh, no, no, we, we agree. We agree on sovereignty and, and, and we're going to send National Guard forces down there to protect the border and all these things. And people are talking about civil war. This is the acceleration of wet dream, right? If you destabilize the country and you create a civil war scenario... I don't think people really understand what it means. And I, I think you were trying right. to, I, I agree with you. I think you were trying to convey like, dude, that means you don't get to go to the store and get your shit. It's now cut off because there's no inter interstate commerce. Now you don't get to go do X, Y, and Z. It's cut off. Like it's done. And I think that's the goal of many accelerationists. And like, I, I was talking about ANCAPs and anarcho-capitalism earlier in the space about this because it was like it's not the same thing and if people no, it's yeah it's not and if they start prescribing what accelerationists want with what ancaps or anarchism wants like michael malice or many of these other people who make compelling arguments by the way that's not the same thing there are accelerationists that are probably foreign funded that would have our country be broken apart uh be split apart and the way to do that is going to be some kind of fake civil war. Like while you have all like the beautiful people that are on Instagram and, and they have all these filters and all these nice things. And I, I travel, I'm a passport bro, whatever it may be. That's not actually how it's going to work. It's actually going to work no, where no, no. 
most people in this country are not prepared for what that would look like. And yet these accelerationists absolutely 100 percent want a civil war. And that's why it has made it to the mainstream. And I'm concerned about it, Malcolm. I think you're hitting on the right, right, right point here. And um, if I can. Oh, well, really quick, just to kind of add to what you're saying, though, Aaron, um, if you guys noticed, OK, when we're talking about color revolution as well, as it relates to this anarcho capitalism and anarchy, um, if you look up at the anarchy flags and anarchy colors, um, the traditional like black and red is what you would see common with like Antifa, right? Um, and then you would see, notice you would see anarcho-capitalism, you'd see the yellow and, and black, and we would see those colors, like, for example, Proud Boys, like, we would see those colors in the right-wing side of some of the, the more radicalized people, right? And notice that many of the people leading up to January 6th, and many of the people who were even supposedly on the right, that were pushing past the barricades and taking actions on January 6th that later got people arrested, right? They were wearing orange. They were wearing orange bands, orange tape on their clothes, orange on themselves. And that, if you look up that, that is anarchy, uh, anarcho mutualism. Oh, it's mutualism. So, it, it, it definitely seems like the the accelerationists, the radical anarchists were really wanting for the chaos to be to ensue. And I think even when you when you heard some of the statements that John Sullivan, who was kind of I guess you could say he was probably more on the black and red anarcho communism side. Um he was just like, burn it all down. Yeah, we're going to burn it down. Like the idea and the attitude is just like, burn it all down and let's just have chaos and let's just accelerate this. Like that's how a lot of these people think and feel. Um, so recently when we saw the, the, the video that went pretty viral with, um, with um, Alex Jones and Ivan Raiklin and they're on there and they're talking about uh, oh, well, it would be so great if, if Trump was assassinated because then it would just, you know, everything would just happen so quickly. And that, that now whether they're doing it intentionally or not, that feeds directly into the accelerationism that we should be weary and worried about. Because this is what the accelerationists, the anarchists want. And my fear from what I've been observing is that you have, you have people who might be goaded into or baited into doing stupid things. Right. But then you have people who obviously want these things to happen. And, um, I think that that's when these federal bureaucrats who are straight up Marxists, when the communists that have infiltrated much aspects of our military, our government, everyone else, they want us to go into a civil war situation and then they think that they're just going to grab power, right? When both sides become, when both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party and both sides have become weakened, these are the people that are just going to go right for the power grab. And believe me, there is a definite rift between the Democrat establishment and these progressive Marxists 
at this point in time. I mean, they're protesting Joe Biden right now. So just food for thought. <laughs> that That's fire food for thought. Cause like, that's absolutely correct. And like, I, I, I don't think people really understand, like, uh, listen, we can have our retail politics spaces. We can have retail politics discussions. We can have whatever we're doing on Facebook and be like, okay, well, Joe Biden said this, well, Donald Trump said this and all these stupid things. Right. And then we look at a lot of these like mass casualty events and, and what we were talking about in this space today with, with the accelerationists that have attached themselves to like these neo-Nazi movements, these, these satanic movements, they've attached themselves to the trans movement. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident if we ever saw the manifesto out of, out of Tennessee, we're probably going to see the same characters and people show up um, that radicalized that, that, that person to go and shoot that school up the same way that we saw what happened in Charlottesville. We already saw that. We have evidence of that. That's why Becca was here earlier. We were talking about it. The same people that would have us believe that we're on the precipice of civil war when we're not. The same people that would have us believe that the open borders are moving terrorists in and that like there's going to be a mass casualty event in 2024 and then thus we need to suspend any kind of liberties in this country. These are the same people that have been operating for years. This is why Jade Parker, who was the military intelligence analyst who disappeared after she made the post essentially saying, I, I know who the J6 pipe bomber was. I've been involved in this in, in, in these communities and, and she disappeared. That's why we're talking about it. Because when you look at these mass casualty events, these school shooter events, they all seem to revolve around like the incel community or like these very, very um these very disturbed, confused young men, and they have fallen into these communities and these accelerationists have moved their way in. They, they then exploit those communities and then they convince these kids that like, you need to go out and do a X, Y, and Z, a, a Highland Park. You need to go do out and do a, um, whatever it may be. And the, the goal of accelerationists is, is to essentially crush the United States because once the United States fails and it, and it falls under under these pretenses, then the rest of the world, the rest of the world fails. And then we can, what, create anew? And even like the anarcho people, like Michael Malice is smart. He's, he's a good guy. <laughs> like he's not, he's not ridiculous, but that's been co-opted too. Uh, even Roseanne Bard made a really funny thing on, on, on Tim Pool talking about we're not going to have elections. Um, you got Eric July uh, going out there and making the Ripperverse, and he's a really good dude. He, he's made comics. He's done all these things. And then this this anarchism, this anarcho tyranny that has been highlighted by people uh, will be perverted by these accelerationists. You're even seeing it on Twitter right now. Like if you go out there and, and you look at some bios, it'll say E slash ACK, right? That's not what accelerationism is. These people are going into very, very devoted and 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 and, and controversial communities like neo Nazism and satanic pedophilia, pedophilia and all things, and they're pushing these kids, these young men, into doing something like a mass casualty event or or, or a school shooting or whatever. You can't look at these things the same ever again. This is why we have the space, Millie. And, and you're, you're spot on. Like, of course you're spot on because you're so smart. But this is happening. 
And so I think we can take our country back by not having civil war. I think we can take our country back by not having like this stupid retail politics conversation. And I think we can take our country back by not doing something fucking retarded as in J J six or everything else. Uh, Malcolm, go ahead. And let me get the rest of the hands. Yeah, no, I didn't want to like the, not, not too much to add, but you know, I will say that, yes, you guys, 110%. Correct. Millie, you know, your research on the anarchism space is great. You know, again, all of those uh, colors stand. I always get syndicalism and mutualism kind of mixed up because it's like at that point, you're sort of splitting hairs. And then, you know, you have the anarcho transhumanist and then the anarcho um, the environmentalist. And, you know, it, it delves into holes of pretty much the same thing. People who believe that out of the chaos will arise their new order. And I've seen this several times when I was an ANCAP myself arguing with the anarcho-communists, which, you know, when we think about traditional Antifa, those are ANCOMs. ANCOMs have always been sort of the crazy, you know, the very, the, the, the garbage pail kid looking people that just have no concept of, you know, essentially what self-governance is so they of course arise to something sort of stupid like that but you know i just want to say that um the situation that we're in is very similar to the situation where i think the bolsheviks and you know vladimir lenin and a lot of the, the people who would then give rise to the actual communist scourge that has plagued us we're at during World War One. You know, if you remember during the early days of World War One, everyone thought that this was going to be an easy war. You know, uh, Otto von Bismarck and Kaiser Wilhelm, they all believed that it would be over. They'd send their people home. You know, <laughs> it'd be over very quickly. And, you know, they'd be back by December and whatnot. The only people who got what was happening correct were the communists who would correctly pontificate that the Great War would be something that would tear apart empires and rip apart the old world order. And from there, they would be able to rebuild anew. So I just say that to say that this accelerationist movement, you know, the idea that we can simply push towards, you know, a split or push towards a deconstruction of the existing order. If anything, you're just going to give the country to, to the communists because those are typically the people that are promising free stuff and ironclad rule in a land that has none. Malcolm's so right. Jen, go ahead. Malcolm's so yeah, right. Yeah, Trash, just to add on that, I mean, I would argue that although these groups are all separate, they're all working together uh, kind of in lockstep, right? They have their infighting, um, but they're all working towards a common goal. And I, I remember when we were doing the undercover reporting for Breitbart outside the RNC and the DNC and some of the big protests that were happening, we literally sat down and talked to like one of like the anarchist people who literally gets paid by Soros to go around the entire world and cause anarchy in all these countries. Like this is something that they talk about that they, they're, they're literally getting paid for. Um, and that's why I say like that these groups are kind of like the boot soldiers of this globalist order. And they're the ones who are ushering in uh, you know, the plan that they've put into place. Um, there's just, there's a lot to it. And it, it, we get mistaken by thinking that all of these groups, although they have separate names and they have separate, like, oh, this anarchist, this, and it, it, it might be separate, but they're all working towards a common goal where us on the right, like, 
we're very different. We're very splintered. And at the end of the day, we don't work towards like a common goal like the left does. Damn, Jen. All right. Bring in the fucking fire. All right, Gavin, go ahead. And then I'll get to Grump and Bumble and Vinny. Go ahead. So it's all starting to come back to me. Um, so accelerationism happened at the turn of the 19th into the 20th century. It had to do with the birth of industrialization. And, the, and what a lot of people don't fully grasp, or maybe they do, is how much the industrialization uh, brought in secularism and atheism. Because what you had was an accelerated development of technology that, that, where humanity could marvel at its own creation, right? So when you go back and you look, the rise of Hitler and one could even argue Lenin and Bolshevism, that those were two expressions of accelerationism, taking advantage of the industrial age, the decline of religion. And it was like, okay, let's, let's accelerate the world to its current end so that we can bring about a new order, right? A, a new way of doing it. And you can look at Hitler's, you know, wanting the fourth Reich. That's his utopia or the communist utopia, right? But, it, but, the accelerationism, it really does have history going back to the turn of the, you know, 19th into the 20th century and pre-World War One art. There's a lot of art and poetry about accelerating and, 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 the, and the term they were using was speed. So I just thought I would drop that. Well, and Trash, can I just add on to that yep. real quick? Yep. Like we think of accelerationists only being on the left and it being like, you know, part of the left ideology. Uh, but, you know, you guys are bringing up the Bolsheviks and I can't help but bring up Project Trust, uh, which was during the Bolshevik Revolution. And if you look at Project Trust and what they were telling uh, the people at the time, it lines up exactly like the same terminology, trust the plan. There's white hat or there's like good people in government that are secretly working, you know, and it was all to get people to sit back. And then we look at, you know, what Q is and, and how it really did. It, it really hurt the 2020 election because you had all these people. Oh, they're getting hung in Gitmo. Oh, everybody's on house confinement. Right. And there was stuff playing out in the news that like went along with some of the stuff it was saying. Right. But you look at the broader plan and all it did is was make people sit back and be like, oh, trust the plan, trust the plan. And what was really shocking is that this, this, these were Christians, right? And like, how are you putting all of your faith and your family's like future and future generations into this like you that's like telling you this secret thing and they're using secret you know, code to decode what's going on. And I know Millie has like, stories of like pretty mainstream people that like she talked to that were like oh no we're we're going along with this cue thing and it's like well wait a second like y'all say on one end of your mouth oh i'm a christian i believe in jesus well then why the hell are you following q and what q's saying like i don't see a q in jesus that's all i gotta say well something i wanted to mention which i'd forgotten but now i remembered is that oh no just did I just do it? Oh my god, I just forgot it. Give me oh 
The ultimate expression of accelerationism is the Spanish Civil War. And when I was, you know, asking people who are experts in this type of stuff, you know, what to study in order to understand accelerationism, it was, oh, go study the Spanish Civil War. And that's where you can see how Spain was kept out of the world war by getting it caught up in a civil war where you had alliances switching so quickly between different factions that you can't even tell who's on whose side any given day. And so that's the goal. Like, if you want to know what kind of revolution we're going to get, it's not going to be a classic uh, one side versus another. It's going to be something that's basically a better term for it is permanent destabilization, where you have warring factions more like uh you know third world uh what would you call them like you know, tribal yeah like like people that control like a warlord right like basically like afghanistan can, under the taliban exactly i mean people are constantly showing look what afghanistan looked before whatever yeah before that we used our intelligence community go and destabilize so the destabil so it's the destabilization of the United States that the accelerationists are bringing forward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like these fucking people, like they really think that they can actually like push the West into like some kind of like depression or undoing and or and, civil war. And civil war, exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. Like it's not gonna happen. Like you guys. Well, yeah. trash route. What I wanted to inject in was it. It seems natural that this that these things happen, right? Because if you study the history of Japan, how many times has Japan united and then balkanized, and then united and then balkanized? Like they've done it a lot, and I think that's the reason why some people are hoping for some type of peaceful divorce. If you know, say things seem to be in reconcile say say joe biden somehow wins the election or something happens something horrible happens something like that i that that's when i start thinking about like you know there might it might be one of those things where some states have to do it just to preserve yeah, but, our way of life yeah but Vinny, i think we need to like change our worldview, right and i think like after world war ii right with the league of nations and the forming of the united nations we can't look at the world operating as independent countries from that point on, right? There has always been a overarching global order that has tried many times to form a one world government unsuccessfully, right? So there has always been this, this uh, spirit or group, right? That has been pushing all of these world events. And if you start looking at it like that, you'll see how they strategically disrupt and cause chaos in certain places in order to destabilize that nation. So then they can go in and take up the natural resources and the minerals and the water rights, right? Because how do you control a population? You have to control those three things in order to control the population. And once you do that, and that's why you see the Rockefeller family um, forming stuff as like the Nat Nature's Conservancy and the Sierra Club, where we are seeing a lot of this anarcho-terrorism and these anarcho-people come out of 
because it's ultimately that global world order that is pushing us towards a actual global world order. And they just haven't been successful up until this point. This is, this is why Millie and Jen are my friends, because I love these fucking women. They're fucking so smart. All right, Malcolm, go ahead. I'll get the rest of the hands. Grump, I'm coming to you, I promise. Malcolm, go ahead and leave Grump. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a very good point, Jennifer. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of people don't quite, you know, understand is that we can never exist, you know, as an insular nation. Like, there is no nation, let alone NGO, that will ever leave the United States to its own vices. Number one, you have too many people or too many you know, too many individual countries who have been meddled with on a global scale by the United States. And they'll say, okay, now they're weak. Now they're divided. This is our only chance to move on our objectives and then to also get rid of the scourge of the United States once and for all. The world does not operate, you know, sort of in a on the surface, you know, moral standpoint. Like biggest example is Turkey. Look at how Erdogan has operated for the past few decades. He is entirely self-interested. He does not like Israel. He does not like um, Greece. He does not like any of the countries in the EU, but he does not make that moral standpoint his whole thing. Nobody cares or knows what Erdogan's true morals are, but it's purely pragmatic and it's purely strategic. So from the pragmatic and strategic standpoint, if the United States were to finally do kind of what Japan had did during, you know, one of the periods in between the warring states periods or, you know, when they finally reconstructed, you know, during the Meiji era, it would be a situation where people would see a vulnerable United States ready to be divided the same way that we've seen many of the other countries that we've meddled in. Whether you want to look at Eastern Europe, you know, after the after the Soviet Union fell and we tried to introduce IMF shock therapy to them or the Middle East, you know, when we we're pretty much thinking we could take seven countries in seven years and destabilize everything after we got tired of our own client Saddam Hussein. It never works out that way. And so you do have to realize that there is absolutely no way that the United States would be allowed to go through this process without anything. And then you have NGOs as well. And the whole point of NGOs is to consolidate power governmentally in a way that can actually bring about that unification of the world under a central, easy to control and easy to pretty much operate umbrella. So I, I just, I don't see it happening. I well, just Malcolm, love we're raising the bar of intellectual discussions on social media. I, I, go us. This is awesome. For sure, really. I mean, this is great because, you know, Malcolm, when you look at it like that, right, that for years, for at least, what, 80 years, we have been like warring against this globalist power that has been trying to put us all under one umbrella. And and their last move, right, was the lying about the weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East to start a two-front war, which was supposed to destabilize the Middle East and pull the entire wo world into a, a global war, which it, it didn't, right? It, it, it mostly stayed, you know, consolid consolidary to the Middle East. And when Trump took over, right, they, they had been coasting, right? They had Obama in there. Obama's like doing what he's got to do. And then all of a sudden Trump came in, right? Because Hillary was supposed to win, which Hillary is like the Satanist head of all of this pretty much. And, 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 you know, we lost, they lost four years off their timeline. 
And I, I would largely say is that's why they unleashed, and I say they, like the globalist powers, um, unleashed COVID on the world is because it made every single nation equal. We all had to be locked in our houses. We all had to deal with this one threat, this external threat that allowed them to take power through the w, uh, WHO um, and all of these health organizations. And, and that, was their, that was their play to get the world back on track of this globalist plan that they had going. And that's why they can never allow Trump to be reelected. And that's why they're all working towards this one thing, because if Trump gets reelected, the globalist dream is dead. And that's what we saw coming out of Davos when Alex Soros was sitting there tripping over his words talking about Trump. And, and that's why they literally, you know, put out that hit job on Trump uh, through what was it, the Atlantic Council a couple of weeks ago that Laura Loomer exposed. And, and they really are in a sheer panic. And that's why we have to keep the pressure up. Because if we, if we let up now and let them gain that ground back that, that that we've taken back, like they're going to win and, and Trump won't be reelected and their plan will go forward. And that's why, honestly, like right now, the position we're in, it benefits us as the conservatives to keep cool heads and try to de-escalate when we see people calling for another January 6th or something like, you know, let's all go and make ourselves vulnerable to another PSYOP or January 6th. Like, that's a horrible idea. Uh, because right now, Trump actually has a pretty clear path to victory. And we have information that literally proves that it was the left that was subverting the government and subverting the offices of the presidency and committing the actual insurrection and pre-planning January 6th, okay? So we have all of this evidence, all right, that all it has to happen is we have to get it to Trump's people, okay? And they, they can use it to immediately shut down these lawsuits, these cases, which it already looks like most of these cases are going to fail anyway. I mean, they're, it's, it's a nightmare situation on their hands with Fannie Willis and Jack Smith and Alvin Bragg. I mean, it, it, it's not going good for these people with their plans, but um, so there's that. And then the other thing is, is like, all we have to do is, is get, see if we can get congressional representatives to really, you know, expose this information. But there's a couple other things like we could be filing, um, lawfare actions against the, um, the Democrats trying to stack the voter rolls. We could be filing lawfare actions against the Democrats trying to put in these mail-in drop boxes. I mean, there's things we can do that would be smart and strategic that would prevent them from actually being able to steal the election again in 2024. Because the reason why I know this is because in their internal documents, uh, in their internal documents, in their own communiques, they were worried about us doing these things last year. They were worried about it. So that was like a huge weak point for them. So all we have to do is actually analyze what were all the weak points in their plan last year. And then we can kind of go from there and realize, well, these are probably areas we need to really hit hard on this go around. Um, so there are things that we can do to kind of prevent another situation. And they're catching on that we have caught on and that we're calling it out and that we're, we're pretty much calling out their psyops each time they try to run these psyops to bait people into another J six. 
And so they're panicking. I mean, look at the videos that Hillary Clinton has been putting out that the Dem- the articles, I mean, the Democrats are actually panicking because they're seeing, you know, that that we're likely going to have Trump be the president this uh, for this next four years. And that means a lot of them going to jail and getting in trouble. So we are responsible. I'm not saying that's a foregone conclusion, but I'm saying that there is a path to victory and I can see it and it's clear as day. They can see it. That's why they're panicking. All we have to do is stay on that path and don't get distracted. Don't let them bait you off the path. Don't let you them bait you into another J6 thing that they can try to use all campaign season against Trump or to trudge up some more baloney charges against Trump or his followers or different people. We have to be smart and strategic and we will win this. Millie, and I think another point of that is that, you know, when we bring this evidence to Republican lawmakers in Congress and we're like, listen, like, this is what's going on, guys, and they refuse to do anything about it. Like, we need to call those people out, right? Because obviously, they're not on our team to begin with, or they're too scared and don't have a backbone to stand up to these people. And I think a lot of times, like, we're afraid to call people out on their shit if they have a Republican next to their name. But like, if they're not on our team to like expose this stuff now, why they can make a difference before we like watch history repeat itself, then like they're, they're literally not on our team. And I think like we need to call them out and maybe calling them out will force them in order to, you know, expose what they have to expose, no matter, you know, the political implications of it, like they need to start thinking of, like, our country more broad than putting their own political ambitions in the forefront or in, in like, right in front of them. Right. And, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, is it, it's the same thing we deal with with our government where we sit here and we almost gaslight ourselves and we're like, is it just them being, you know, negligent? Are they just being lazy? Are they just, you know, uh, not paying attention or when I'm sending this, you know, this information to all these big conservative platforms and these big conservatives that have huge platforms that would actually be able to get this um, national coverage. Are they just like not reading it, being lazy, being negligent, or is it intentional? Are they intentionally ignoring it and refusing to cover it? But, you know, I think because we gaslight our own selves and think, well, maybe they just haven't read it and maybe they just not say, well, either way, at this point, it kind of becomes like, well, if you, if you're up there and you're that big source, don't you have kind of a little bit of an obligation to look into something, especially if it, if it is basically claiming to have, you know, that degree and level of evidence, right? Like, don't you have some kind of an obligation to look into it? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get torn on that all the time, like to call them out or not to call them out. That is the question, right? Yeah, Millie's uh, last statement right there, to call them out or not to call them out. Um, I've been wrestling with that one on a few suspicions that I've had regarding uh, many organizations that just organically pop up and then have massive demonstrations with pledge drives, like actually signing personal pledges and shit that um, could never be one of those uh, little trolling operations to determine 
you know, who's the low hanging vulnerable fruit to, you know, do with these acceleration campaigns on. Um, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, trash sent you a DM man. And, and it's got the, uh, the abbreviation there that, I mean, that was just the one that was almost the veil lifting for me where I was like, there's absolutely nothing whatsoever that adds up on this, nothing. And, you know, it's like the great takeaway from this space that wasn't the space I was expecting today, but, you know, go from talking about fine international cuisines to the stuff that uh, BX brought there. And um, then, of course, when you have Jennifer and Millie and, and, and Gavin add their uh, expertises and stuff in there, then it's just like, wow, the head is spinning. It's like craziness. I was not expecting this. But the main takeaway that I got so far is that once that veil is lifted, events never seem to add up it's like not even the uh the justification that one could give of um you know yeah okay the chaos of the moment type of thing um or you know nobody quite knows the facts because it was so chaotic that stuff doesn't even justify the bs narrative that they push out officially and um my goodness it's it's like I just hope people wake up to that stuff. It's it's like that uh, apparently that that um, dude whose uh, dad was a, a UPS or whatever uh, USPS worker um, up in Pennsylvania, and, and that video that was up on YouTube for like six or seven hours or something. Well, Do you well, remember so, that one? Yeah, so that was the other day. But I think like a, a better example of that is the Las Vegas shooting right, where they put out a narrative and it, it is so, or the Seth Rich shooting, right, where like, so you're telling me Seth Rich gets shot in North Washington, D.C., supposedly in a robbery, and he's left with his cell phone, his watch, his wallet, everything's there, but he's dead. And he's supposedly the guy who, you know, sent the DNC emails, the John Podesta shit, to WikiLeaks. So you're telling me, oh no, that that's totally kosher, guys. That's exactly what happened. He was robbed. And it's like they beat it down your throat. And then like if you come out and you're like, oh no, I don't think that's the case, you are beat down by these trolls and 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 censorship to the point where it, it is literally this radical regime who is silencing anybody who disagrees with them. And as Americans, I think like it's hard for us to be like, yeah, that's what's happening, but that that is what's happening. Sorry, I just all of a sudden got a little busy right there, but uh, I'm going to switch down to the listener. You guys are amazing, and um, God bless America. <laughs> I'm being attacked like like some like leftist fucking lunatic retard. All right, Rose, go ahead. Hi. Yeah. Great conversation, everyone. And, um, you know, as a deep diver, uh, going down rabbit holes, most of the days of my life these days, <laughs> when I start watching videos from say 2012 of these consortiums and organizations, which were kind of pre IOM or just at the burgeoning of IOM, which is the immigration policy out of the UN. Um, you can see all the alignments kind of happening, moving into the 216 elections and everything being put into place on a global scale. 
and and Jennifer's exactly right, is that the Trump win totally delayed their acceleration into the UN governance plan, which that I that's the bottom line. And uh, you know, we need to kind of open our eyes beyond saying, you know, United States or France or the national the, the mechanisms that are in place right now on a political front and on all of the subsidiary organizations that are being managed out of the UN and through our governments um, and through all of these, you know, you want to talk about pledges. I mean, these agreements that are not being voted on within our Congress, they're being signed onto like the New York uh, immigration uh, document. It's, it's it's a signatory document that was created through the IOM, along with the the Americas document or the California document. I mean, there's all these pledges being made. Now we have the, what I discovered was the C40, the mayor's forum, you know, mayor's migration council, which is all tied in with the UN that's affecting our local governors, our local mayors actually. And that's throughout the world. And you kind of have to open your eyes that it's it's not being driven on a uh, country level. It's being driven from the UN slash World Bank slash who that's the governing mechanism that they have been working diligently and accelerating these past four years because Trump kind of threw a monkey wrench into it. And, you know, they, that's why they use the terms. He's an existential, you know, existential threat. He's an existential threat. Yeah, because he's going to pull out of the UN and defund everything, and they won't have anything. And also keep in mind that we have the WEF group, all of these banks, all this money tied into the, you know, the global funds, all this money being passed around. Uh, you know, I don't think Democrat and Republican anymore, the more I'm learning. You know, there are, you know, I don't think of it as a leftist agenda. These, these Republicans that are sitting on the Hill are inundated into this stuff, maybe from a different perspective, um, ideologically, but they are part of it. I mean, there's a reason why some of these representatives and senators are dropping out of government right now. You know, there's political reasons for power structure, but also they're all in as part of this through all of the, you know, the, 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 the funds, the man, the money, the money, when you think about, you know, uh, dialecto or what do they call romney but romney's knee deep in it and it, mccarthy is too and mccarthy definitely played a part in the j6 oh, so do, they they are in on it because they they're part of the infrastructure of what they're trying to put into place so when yeah. you think of it in terms that way so i'm i'm just 
chiming in here, but um, just wanted to add some food for thought. And yeah. well, I, I know I'm kind of dry trash. I know I ramble on, but I'm just trying to throw info I know out. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not like the oh and this and this and yeah oh, and hey yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not an accelerator. I, I am just a yes. Uh, you are. Rose, I'm you a, are an accelerator. You want this country to burn down to the ground. Like you are I obviously do. an accelerationist. I, 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 yeah, I actually was part of the <laughs> yeah. I'm no. a global. No. Feds, I'm not. I think it's globalist <laughs> destruction accelerationist. Yeah. They're, well, they're, I actually, I'm the one that put all these pieces together for them to work together. Oh. Oh, so I'm you. actually the head of the UN, and I'm pulling this all together. Just letting you know. <laughs> let's calm down, Klaus Schwab. Like let's 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 not. I had to give him a call the other day, and you know. <laughs> listen, these people Honestly, are not going to fucking. Oh, sorry, try. Yeah, they, but they are in accelerous move right now, and you're going to see stuff going on that it's going to be a wild ride. So, you know, because they know they're running out of time. It's either that or it's it's going to be interesting to see. No, it's it's, it's not going to work. Like, listen, it's like, not going to work. I know. No, so it's not going to work. I love this country. I love this constitution. We have a very powerful document that is our constitution that was written by the founders of this country. It's very powerful. We actually have an opportunity to save the West. But. Like there was, there's a lot of people that would like have us seen, uh, you know, torn down. I, I it's not going to happen here. Well, they've bought into this whole yeah one but, world thing, but yeah, I but, agree with you on the you know the legal aspects of it. Is well, you know, who are these? You know, I'm I'm chiming in on the mayor thing, but they're they're actually pledging to a non-existent thing. No. As a governing body, how is that not unconstitutional or that no, they're like, breaking laws? No, it doesn't matter whether it breaks the constitution or not. Like, like the Yuval Hararis of the world, and saying like the useless eaters, the uh, the, uh, the 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 normal people, we need to, like move them into like some kind of areas. Yuval Harari has been relegated from the WF main stage to like TEDx talks. Like he's done. Like this, this is not going to work. Jen, come in here and save me, please. Cause like, listen, I'm coming in here with my tinfoil hat on full strong. Um, I just want to point this out that all of these major globalist organizations are literally operating out of Switzerland, right? And 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 Geneva is the historical seat of Satan, just saying. But really, you have the WEF, you have CERN, all the shit that these globalists are using to, like, take over and empower us, Davos, it's all happening out of Switzerland. And it's really, really odd. But it's so stupid. Like Yuval Harari was like on the main stage with like Klaus Schwab. And he was talking about like useless eaters and like useless producers, whatever, like two, three years ago. And now in his transhumanism <laughs> arguments that he's made, he's at now at TEDx, right? Like he's actually at like the low rent type. Like, <laughs> all right, set up. Go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, something I just wanted to add to, you know, y'all were talking about one of my favorite subjects, the globalist, and uh, somebody brought up the Bolsheviks earlier, and, you know, religion, and, you know, one of the things we know, the current movement is trying to separate everybody from religion. Well, look what the Bolsheviks did. You know, one of the first things they did when they took over in Russia was, first, they took the royal family, which were all Orthodox Christians, you know, the whole family are Orthodox saints in the Russian Orthodox Church now as martyrs because they were martyred. You know, they were separated out. They were basically housed and jailed for a period of time and then slaughtered the whole family in one whack, you know, because they wanted to, you know, separate that religion. Now, the thing they didn't count on, which, you know, got shown to happen, <laughs> what, 80 years later almost, when the wall fell and you had people coming back into power who uh, wasn't trying to subvert the religion, it came back. <laughs> you had you had old babushkas going out and digging their icons up out of the yard <laughs> where they had hidden them because, you know, they, were, they would have been killed. Uh, and so that's the... You know, the, the thing is, people have to remember is if you've got a truly spiritual people, we've seen it, you know, throughout the millennia, you, the, these globalists who think they can absolutely crush religion, separate, get rid of religion, the, the flame of it will stay. There is people that will hold it. There is people that will, you know, will die for it. They'll be martyrs <laughs> and not just saying Christianity, other religions it's happened too, but um, and I think that's one of the hopes with fighting these, you know, global <laughs> shit bags over there is, is two things. It's one that there's that hope. And two, if you pay attention, the, the one thing, and that's why they're kind of panicking right now in a way, when you look at the last Davos, some of the things they said and did, they're kind of in disarray right now. And part of that is people have been paying attention for so long and they made the mistake of they're so arrogant they kept telling us what they were going to do. And people are starting to listen to the folks that have been screaming, hey, why aren't you paying attention to what they're saying? <laughs> they, they, they're telling you what they're doing. Just watch the movies they put out. Watch the books they put out. You know, some of them as blatant as, you know, Klaus Schwab wrote COVID-19 and the Great Reset at the start of COVID-19 and trying to start the Great Reset. You know, it's it's amazing that people don't figure some of this stuff out. And, uh so that was just my thought. Since y'all brought was bringing those couple subjects out, I just wanted to share that out. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm actually a big fan of what you just said. Like, I'm actually a huge fan of what you just said. Malcolm, get in here, and then I'll go to Andrew. Yeah, so, I mean, no, you're 110% right, I fed up. But, but I think um, one detail that always sort of gets uh, left out of the Bolshevik second power is that you know if you if you sort of remember the fall of the uh, monarchy and whatnot how that even happened it really happened number one the battle of tannenberg was a horrible disaster for the russians number one which really marooned them when it came to world war one then even beyond that you know the russians were fine in war but the war in the united states and bribed a lot of the individuals in the provisional government of Russia, we bribed them with extra supplies, extra money, and all of this, which basically accelerated the collapse of even the, the uh, provisional government, which then led to the Bolsheviks 
basically using the dissatisfaction in not only the military campaigns of the Russians, but also in the fact that everybody was hungry now and starving because World War One was a massive pressure cooker that essentially made, led everybody to take their economies and supercharge them to the max to try to keep up with the demand. So much so that that's, I mean, that's literally what led to the creation of Israel is that you had Chaim Wiseman essentially coming in, you know, with the solution to produce acetone and cordite for, um, you know, more, more ammunition for the British. So it was a dire situation. The Russians lost, and that's literally one of the reasons why the Bolsheviks took power. But I say that to say that typically these plans always have one fatal mistake by somebody who has the hot hand. And that's usually how you get these otherworldly, you know, these godless entities that basically want to rebuild a whole entire new order. That's how they always come up is because there's somebody that makes a mistake. And so in that situation, what we can look at when we're looking at our situation today is that you do not want the right wing, which has been incredibly psyoped, and, you know, I'm not just saying psyop to be invoked. I mean, psychologically operated on to the point where, you know, you've got people almost to the fringes where they are buying for extreme action and believe that extreme action is the only way. Last thing you want is for the right wing to be that catalyst, which then accelerates the movement for the communists to end up basically breaking down all order and then consolidating it under them. Because, I mean, that's let's be honest. We got pretty lucky with COVID-19 that, number one, that the virus, you know, being a zoonotic, you know, being a zoonotic virus, number one, automatically predisposes it to have a higher mutation pattern. So it was nowhere near as severe as what it was forecasted to be. But then, you know, that number two, the right didn't ma- end up with massive egg on their faces by, you know, basically being the disobedient crowd, because all it takes is one time for you to basically be a disobedient crowd and for people to start listening to you and then they're holding the dead babies of their children and they're looking at you like i'm never listening to you guys again because y'all don't know what you're talking about we got extremely lucky when it came to covid so you really have to be very careful that your own arrogance and main character syndrome doesn't lead you to commit a fatal flaw and so that's the number one thing that i definitely want to say especially as we hear things like oh this new disease x and whatnot you know it's like Tone down or not necessarily tone down, but moderate your language a little bit, you know, hedge your bets, play the game the right way rather than necessarily being, you know, ho-hum, bombastic, first to kiss the ring, you know, throw all strategy to the window. You know, we've, we've got God and country on side, so there's nothing that we can go wrong because that's the number one way, you know, if you're a religious man, you understand that Satan operates based off of the pride of individuals. So that's the number one thing is that if you're so prideful and arrogant that you believe that you're going to, you know, prevail no matter what, with no need for strategy or planning or forethought or respect for your enemies, at least respecting their vices or strategy, then you're going to end up in a very bad situation. So let's not be like the, uh, let's not be like the United States near the end of World War One. Right. And it's like a delicate balance because like we're not saying that you're not able to defend yourself. We're just saying we need to be smart and we don't need to be tricked into jumping the gate and essentially just walking into another trap. Um, because, look, here's the reality. Like, th- we all are being psyoped on social media to a, a, a large degree. And one example, like, just take a look around you just for one second in your home, sitting in your home, right? Most of the, everyone probably in here has a roof over their head, right? You don't have 
government coming in right now trying to physically arrest you or hold their hand over your mouth. So you do have free speech. You might not have it on every platform you like, which screw the platforms that censor us, right? We, we, we're we going to handle them one way or another, right? But like our government isn't coming in and putting their hand over your mouth right now. You have your guns, right? You have the right to have guns. They aren't coming and taking them yet, right? Maybe they want to and we're aware. We are certainly heightened and we are alert. But they haven't done that yet, right? So all I'm saying right now is, as far as we can see right now, these as much as these globalists, these tyrants want to go after our rights and, and pretty much throw away and burn the Constitution, they haven't done it yet, partially because they're afraid of the people. And, and you know what? You know, it's a good thing. You know, pe people in America, we have guns. We love our Second Amendment right. We love our First Amendment rights. We love all of our rights, right? And we, we exercise our rights. So I think that we're, you know, stay alert, stay vigilant. But like, there's no need to jump the gun and get baited into a trap right now at this time when we know the odds of Trump winning this election are very high, right? Like, we can do this, guys. The other side has flinched. The other side has blinked. Let's not give them the moral high ground. Because that is exactly what they did. I mean, we had everything going for us in the right direction leading up to January 6th. And then we walked into a freaking trap because a bunch of accelerationists and because all these leftists pre-planned to do this, okay, as well. We walked into a trap and then immediately the other side had the moral high ground. Immediately. And that allowed for them to jail a bunch of innocent people who many just walked into a trap for decades. It's allowed them to, to wage uh, lawsuits and criminal cases against our president and try to make it so he can't run again. It has allowed them to monitor and put Trump supporters and MAGA people on, you know, no fly lists and watch lists. I mean, it has, it has allowed a lot, right? But if you were to go any further, it's only going to get worse. If they, if they have another J6 type event happen, my goodness, are they going to try to use that to go after us all and put us all on terrorist lists? And next thing you know, I, I mean, it could, it could get worse, right? So all I'm saying is let's not, let's not make, let's not make it easy for them. Uh, I'm saying let's, let's actually give, make it hard for them. Let's, be good law-abiding citizens. Let's do what we can and within our legal means to win this election and to file lawsuits against things that we believe are against our rights that are violations well, of our <clears throat> And that could mean suing even preemptively um, to change the law to make it so that illegal immigrants aren't counted in the population, the census for the population when it comes to the redistricting and the counting of uh, congressional seats. Cause that's a big well, one, too, you know, Millie, so there, can I just, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just wanted to touch on that one. Cause you know, that is very important. That's one thing. I think that's one of the main reasons they're allowing this max, this uh, large flux of illegal immigrants to come into the country. It isn't just, I, I'm not so convinced that they're just going to allow them all to vote. 
I, that's going to be harder to do. Although some people are saying that maybe Biden might try to figure out a way. I think they would have to have congressional approval, though, to make it so they could vote. Uh, they're pretty good at just stuffing ballots anyway. They're already, they're already voting on yeah. school boards, though. They're what? Well, they are voting on school boards already. Right. But the main thing, I think, is the population is what goes into the redistricting. So what they can do is if they put millions more people in California of these uh, illegal immigrants, they just ballooned their population. So they might actually be able to, to create or justify a couple more congressional seats and electoral votes in California. So that's what we have to look out for is it's going to be them getting more congressional seats, them getting more electoral votes with the population. And Millie so, also, so they'll on. have children. Hold on, Malcolm. Malcolm, one second. So, no, I saw something um, last night. And first of all, they're using our language against us, right? So they are now referring to migrants as pre-Americans, right? Pre-Americans. Right. So if we if you wanted to change the entire landscape of a country. Right. But we have laws that immigrants can't vote. Right. So. We also know that they're trying to change us to a central bank digital currency. They're giving these migrants debit cards. Right. So if, if they change the entire financial system of the United States over to cbdc the immigrants are already in the system right they they're already part of this central bank digital currency and we're the ones who are resisting and being anti-american and now we're not going to be able to participate in society because we refuse to go over to the cbdc's and 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 i think like that that is a huge part of this is that they've taken words such as democracy right because the big thing in 2016 is i would always mistakenly be like oh we're a democracy and these leftists would come after me and be like no we're a constitutional republic right but what they've done is they've changed us into a democracy and they want to change the entire landscape of the united states so by ushering all of these migrants in here right it changes the entire demographic of the united states while simultaneously changing the financial system, which they are already in because of the debit cards that they have been handed by the United States government. Right. And, and so I think that the, the key kind of takeaway here is there are things that we can be doing right now that would be effective um, filing cases. I, I mean, I don't think it would be that hard to win a case if we took it even to the Supreme Court, arguing that illegal immigrants should not be counted hey, in restricting of congressional seats and electoral college votes. Like they should be not count accounted for, and then that would actually allow for actually probably the Republicans would pick up a lot more wins probably if if they redistrict after that. Um, that uh, law was, uh, or I guess that ruling happened, then we pick up the wins and then we vote on legislation to obviously, you know, deport these Ill illegal immigrants that are here because we all know why they're being brought here. Okay. It's, it's for but, Democrats and their, their agendas. But Millie, what, what they're also talking about. Hold on, about hold on. Is, no, no, Rose, hold on a second. 
I've been okay. waiting. Andrew, go ahead. Andrew, go ahead. Then yeah. we'll go back to Nora. So Staten, Staten Island had a good had a good plan, right? The public in the house, the everyone that lived there, and Scott Lebedo and and everybody, they went and they protested the illegal aliens coming in, and they sat there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and they did not give up. Now you have the same situation unfolding in the Cass Community Center in Roxbury, okay? Those people need to go and organize and sit there for weeks and weeks and weeks. That's how it works. Staten Island was the uh, victor, right? Because eventually the fire marshal, whoever, came in and they had a, uh, a, 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 you know, a meeting and they got rid of the illegal uh, aliens in there. In the, in the community, right there. I was there. St. John Villa. I went down there. I go investigate these areas. So now the people down there uh, in Boston need to do the same thing. And I'm, I'm going to land it there. I'm going to be really short with it. But the problem, so Andrew, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I've lived in Staten Island, right? And and the problem with Staten Island is that was the last strong Republican borough of New York City, and 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 I so I I think it, it it's easier for someone in Staten Island to do something like that than it is for someone in Boston where they are completely surrounded, um, even down to the city governments with you know liberal blue haired crazy Democrats, right? And it's not going to be. They're not necessarily going to be at the advantage if they're in the red states necessarily. Like if you have a bunch of illegals that aren't technically allowed to vote legally, right? Then them putting them in the blue district is at their advantage because it allows them to redistrict in a way that's advantageous to the Democrats. And they'll be able to add more congressional seats and electoral college votes to their areas, their blue It's areas. gerrymandering using illegal immigrants. Then why is Governor Abbott sending them all to these cities? Well, okay. short-sighted. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, this is my problem with what's going on at the border, right? Is that, okay, is Abbott making a stand? Yes. It, could he have done it freaking a year ago and we wouldn't have had to get to this point? Yeah. So like how much of what is going on at Eagle Pass is political posturing and drawing all the attention off of the rest of the border where it is still wide open. There's still massive migrations of people. There's an entire caravan of people coming up through Mexico right now. Um, I just feel like this is a huge distraction of like, a, it serves a double purpose because A, it, you know, riles up the, the rhetoric of re civil war, which plays into January 6th and, and Republicans versus Democrats. Um, it also go like is making people think that everything that you see at Eagle Pass is is what the rest of the border is. And, and that's like a total fallacy. Right. And, and it also takes the media attention off of the rest of the border, which makes it easier for people to get into the country. So, like, I have a real problem with what, like, Greg Abbott's doing, because, like, how big is this, you know, Shelby Park that they're in? Because, like, the, the rest of the border is wide open and really freaking dangerous. Um, and, and I don't understand, like, 
if they're not crossing through Eagle Pass, they're still coming. Where are they crossing and why are we not looking at those those crossings? So to that point, Nuance Bro actually has a video showing a point in Arizona. The border of Arizona is completely wide open and nobody's doing anything about it. But, you know, it's also the trafficking of migrants, you know, whether it's Biden flying them into the cities or whether it's Abbott or DeSantis or anybody else, you know, it's like it's short sighted. A lot of these people understand that this problem is way larger than just what can be, you know, done by a single governor. You know, you can have Border Patrol in your state go there, but if you're not going to fix physical barrier, number one, you're drawing a lot of resource there. And the main issue is that there's too many people coming that can then can be processed in these migrant processing facilities. And that's the reason why Biden keeps on flying them, because if you get too many people, then you have a humanitarian crisis where, you know, it's overstuffed, the conditions are appalling, and you start drawing too many eyes, and then people start seeing what a massive failure border policy is. So that's why they've been trying to fly people to sanctuary cities overnight. But then also you have to look at, not only do you get the immediate effect of the census redistricting, which uh, again, appropriates more congressional seats and more electoral votes. But then you also end up with a situation where, okay, birthright citizenship has not been handled. And, you know, had had uh, Trump not have won, this is the main thing. If Trump hadn't have won, they would have probably enshrined some kind of reason or way for birthright citizenship, if not some sort of naturalization. And what happens after about first generation, you know, when you get this first generation push, of new newly minted illegal immigrants and the single issue of immigration comes up and these kids have full rights because they are by all intents and purposes by birthright citizenship american you know american citizens and they're voting at after a couple of years well they're going to vote based off of what they've been educated on which if they're in democrat population centers is going to be that you know, the Republicans just want to send you up and round you up and put you in camps and send you back. But these people are, you know, by all intents and purposes, American citizens. Right. So they'll say, wait, we can't allow that. So let's vote for the Democrats. And eventually you create a whole new generational block of Democrat voters, which then allows for you to have your Congress people who are being voted in, who are increasingly younger and younger. And mind you, don't have any concept of the Constitution. Because, again, a lot of these people that are just coming in, they don't take a constitutional test. They, they're coming from largely authoritarian regions, which have collapsed under the weight of the authoritarianism. So to them, heavy-handed government rule is just a norm. So eventually, they'll end up voting for policies, voting for more authoritarian and more anti-constitution you know, candidates. And what happens then? These are the same people who decide where your spending goes. They're the same people that decide whether or not you enter into a post-national union with some authority like the NG, what the NGOs are push, pushing. You know, they're the ones that vote, say, oh, hey, we need to become more involved in the UN and then cede our own sovereignty. And as the generational shifts, as the demographics shift that way, generationally, you lose your country. So it's a long game. And that's another well, thing. That hold on, hold on, Malcolm, because there is a, a huge short game here, right? And and, yeah, and it, it plays on the the language of of the Democrats using words and 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 redefining words. Um, you know, so largely a lot of these people are coming from republics, right? The republic of this, the republic of that, 
And then when they get here and they get to, you know, you know, see what's going on, they see Democrat as democracy, even though it goes totally against their value system where they come from, because a lot of these people well, not now because we have like Chinese and African people coming here, but like a lot of them were coming from like Catholic places where their their you know their value system does not line up with the Democrat Party; it lines up with the Republican Party, right? And then they are making us think that this is a migration issue. This is not a migration issue. This is a matter of national security. This isn't poor migrants coming across the border because if a poor migrant can exploit the border, so can a well-funded terrorist organization. And these terrorist organization and, and bad nation states are operating in these Latin American countries and also facilitating the movement of migrants along with George Soros um, and the Open Society Foundation. I mean, they have given millions of dollars and this is how they're taking over our country without ever firing a shot. And, 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 and we are not addressing the national security issue that that is going on. And they're making us think that this is a political battle that like it's the Democrats versus Republicans. And, and if you talk about you know, what the actual goal and who is actually, you know, uh, in charge of all of this, they label you a conspiracy theorist and that like you're, you're talking like there's some global governance that's actually doing all this. Yeah, there's a paper trail. There's a money trail. So you're going to sit here and tell me that I should be invalidated because I'm calling out George Soros. And then your attack vector is to call me an anti-Semite. Like when have you ever cared about the Jews right up until this point? Right. And I, I don't care. Call me an anti-Semite and I'll send you my picture with Benjamin Netanyahu. And then, you know, it'll call me an anti-Semite then. I'm not. The problem is, is that George Soros, who actually sold his fellow Jews out during World War II to the Nazis, is destabilizing our country in the name of this globalist one world order that it, they have been trying to usher in for 80 years. Certainly, certainly. Well, I mean, it's multi- Oh, I was about to say, yeah, it's multi-pronged. And yes, the short game is equally as vicious, if not worse, really, than the long game. Because, I mean, you know, to that point, what happens if you get somebody that comes in and you get some massive terror, you know, some massive, um, you know, attack or movement by a lot of these uh, military-aged men? Well, now you're going to be crying for national, you know, now you're going to be crying for increased national security measures as well. And that's only one vector of it. You stated so many of them as well, Jennifer. But, you know, it's like all the while, while we're destabilizing more and more regions and incentivizing the movements. So, I mean, yes, to your point, there is also a horrible short game going on as well. I mean, it's just it's all angles. But, you know, to be able to think about this multidimensional, you have to think of it as investing, which when you're investing, you're always going to hedge your bets. Right. And these people are investing money and time. So consider it that way as well. I just also want to interject, you know, don't forget about the climate agenda, which is all tied into the immigration and look for legal terminology changes into the definitions of asylum and slash refugee. They're going to be calling these migrants climate migrants and that they should be covered and be and not uh, have the ability to deport them because they are refugees status from climate. It's already been documented. It's in the paperwork. They're they're throwing it around. So you know, just keep your eyes peeled in terms of 
um, any kind of uh, uh, bills that come up in terms of de definitions of refugees or claiming asylum, and they're going to put it in there. I, I, I see it. And yes, that was a conspiracy, not. <laughs>